welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host. How the men look to the other animals, Jay. Jonas Rose is my co-host. How the pigs look to the other animals, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? That's good. Like my little animal farm reference. That's a good. It's a good animal farm reference. I appreciate it. I'm a good animal farm. Not so. Look at animal farm. I said I love a good animal farm oh. reference. I'm gonna <laughs> say, but it says a lot about our society. Um, I think at least. Doesn't say as much about our society, but no, some society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, you know, humans and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, Jack, I'm do- I mean, you know I'm doing quite good today because you know what it is. It's the it's the most special time of year in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. It's a very it's a very joyous time. Uh, you know, it's May the fourth week. No. Oh. No, Jack. It's May the fourth week. Oh, the fourth be with you. It is. Oh, and the f- and fourth be with you. And with all the listeners as well. I hope the fourth, the fourth was with you. And uh, fourth, and Revenge of the Fifth. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Or, or Revenge of the Sixth, whichever you celebrate. Yeah. Did you do anything fun for this most joyous of days? No, I did. Maybe homework. I think. Oh, it was Thursday. That's cool. See, my thing is like I kind of inclined to watch Star Wars anyway, so it's not really special, is it? Yeah, it's just kind of thing you do anyway. Just kind of any other yeah. Thursday. Like I came home and like watched a little bit of Rebels and like played the new game, but that's what I would have done regardless. Yeah, that was always going to happen, <laughs> you know. I'm surrounded by Star Wars anyway, so it's it's not really anything. But that's okay. It's still fun. And take away from the joy of the holiday. That's right. Apparently, everyone on the internet's just going wild, having a crazy week. Evidently, like I don't know. I didn't know this was a thing where people actually like went out and partied for May the Fourth, but apparently, everyone's just getting, you know. Getting wild. My mom, some years um, when I was younger, she'd make uh, lightsaber dogs, which she'd wrap the end of a hot dog in a croissant. That's fun. So we'd have lightsaber dogs on May the Fourth, and I think we'd sometimes watch like a Star Wars movie. So we did fun little things like that sometimes. That's cute. I meant like adults though, like going um, out and looking up on <laughs> May like the Fourth. Be like, babe, babe, it's May the Fourth. Come on, just getting, just going out, you know, finding some like-minded adults to. To just really celebrate with, I guess. But yeah, to really get, go hard in the paint, <laughs> the kids would say. Exactly, but um, it's a fun time. I bought a lightsaber. Well, we actually we both bought lightsabers. We did. Were they too much money? Maybe. Maybe. I think I, I I did, but then I was like, well, it's half off. It's so half off. We would have been fools not to. No, that's the fallacy in my human brain to be like, well, it's half off of a price I'd never pay normally, but. Here's the thing. If that if it was price that then price it was I'm not gonna I won't say the price. Um <laughs> not that I want to. Uh which is less than you've spent on lightsabers recently, but still um if if the lightsaber was always at price, I'd still have trepidations about purchasing it. But right. because it was half off and I was like, well, I might as well get a fun Listen, toy. All right. We also not only did we get ours for half off, but there was also deals running such that we also we did a big group one. You and me and our good buddy Colin. Friend of the show, Colin. Colin. So now we get, we also got two lightsabers for free. So we'll just have a whole, we'll have a whole arsenal, really. Oh yeah, well the the, the free ones I think really make it worth it because of the deal. Like yeah, this is a further deal. It was a further deal. Or maybe that's the monkey part of my brain being like, more stuff, man. Let's it's one of those it. things where it makes you really wonder because if they're able to do this, where they sell everything for half of the price of normal and give away a bunch of shit for free, and presumably are still breaking even, what does that mean about their normal pricing? <laughs> Uh well you know um anyway we'll take out of this <laughs> so other oh, big yeah. news this week more so than uh Star Wars you know and we're gonna we're really gonna break the mold this week by uh t- 
talking about Star Wars a bunch for the holiday, right? Because that's yeah. so different from what we would normally yeah, ever we, do. We would never do that. Uh, but other big news, probably more important, is that the uh, the writer's strike has started. Yeah. The Writers Guild of America has officially called a strike, I think, Monday. The East Coast branch of this started, and Central Amer- the Central American one started Wednesday or Thursday. And I think the West Coast starts today or tomorrow. Um, I believe that's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, it looks like they're all going. Uh, Hollywood, New York City. Um, so it sounds like that's West and East, I guess. Oh, that's all right, though. So, yeah, I just figured it'd be worth mentioning. I mean, obviously, it is literally relevant to what we talk about, right? Like, talking mm, yeah. about fucking movies and TV shows on here. So, it's pretty relevant, but also, I just think it's important. It's good stuff. I mean, we're pretty, I would say, we're pro labor here. I'm definitely very pro labor. I'm part of a union myself, I'm all about it. Yeah, I'd, I'm down for it, but I think we should end union greed. Down with yeah. union. Yeah, fucking, yeah, you know, union greed's really what's doing us. Yeah. It. It's fucking tough. There's a lot of brain dead takes on there. It sucks. It sucks that like labor has become like a left right issue, especially because like the you know not to get fucking too political on here, but like Republicans are supposed to be like the the working class party, right? And then they're the ones who want to be like fuck unions. Like what? That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It's, it's almost like they're hypocrites. Yeah, I guess that's everyone though. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. That's tough, but. Yeah, you know, it's like specifically some of the stuff we like, you know, uh, apparently Disney productions aren't going to continue as normal, which I don't love. Um, and also it's just like, so let's let's say like Andor for, for example. So mm. really Tony Gilroy got the scripts in and people were like, oh, look, this is good. He got the scripts in. I don't, the thing is, is like, that's not how production works, right? Yeah. Um, you don't just write a thing once. And then it's done forever. Mm-hmm. And then they just shoot exactly what you put on the paper. Uh, Craig just rewrite all the time. Yeah, exactly. On, yeah, on the moment and stuff. Craig Mazin has a really good um, quote about. It. I don't think it's his quote. He says it's like this old adage in Hollywood, I guess, that he said on the their last of his podcast there, where he says that a thing is written. I think he said four times, right? When you write it, when you cast it, when you shoot it, and when you edit it. And he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it doesn't mean literally like you're necessarily changing the actual written words of it every time yeah it just means that it takes a different feel more yeah it'll yeah. change it every step of that and you know part of the strike is obviously writers are not there to do rewrites i saw i was reading about specifically like they can't do rewrites they can't do edits they can't remove scenes like that's not a, it's just completely up to whoever is actually going to attempt to continue with this stuff to uh to potentially do that right right and i, I mean we saw this with the last one, right? The last big one was 2007. There's been other ones before, but that's one, you know, the obviously most recent. We remember. Yeah, most recent memory. And, and yeah, we even remember some of it. And like stuff like the second Craig era Bond movie, Quantum of Solace, was kind of bad potentially as a result of that. Revenge of the Fallen, fucking like mm-hmm. network TV shows were the big ones. Right, like heroes, yeah. lost stuff like that, and the landscape has changed in a lot of ways since then. Right, like yeah. network TV isn't as big, maybe, but you know, we're we're definitely seeing that like streaming shows are being affected for sure. Uh, I saw Stranger Things pause. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, apparently the Disney ones are going to try to go forward, but then like I don't, the Acolyte is in some stage of production where I don't think that's as feasible. Like, right, I don't know where they're at exactly, but it sucks. You wish they would just. It, their demands are crazy. They really don't, man. And yeah, 
it comes a lot of it comes down to streaming stuff, which like seems really relevant to that. It should be kind of changed and updated for that. Oh, absolutely. TV is not again. It's not the same as it was even 15 years ago, not even 10 years ago. Like it's streaming is such a big thing that it needs to be. You know, the stuff needs to be revised to to fix that. Mm-hmm. We've talked absolutely. about we've talked about streaming a lot. And like, yeah, like the way things are and how it's all weird and fucked and maybe none of it even works. But that's not like the creative's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, well, it doesn't work, so we should pay them no money ever. It's like, well, we, no, hold on, we didn't say that. Like, again, all this stuff is executives. Like, I, I'm not going to say that it's, it's not even really relevant to this. But I'm, yeah, I'm sure that some writers are better than others or whatever. But the point is, like, when people are like, oh, I don't care about the writer's strike because X, Y, or Z TV show is bad. It's like, there's no way to know what the writers did or didn't do there. Mm-hmm. We know that the studios meddle with all this shit and make things worse all the time. It's like their favorite thing to do. It's like all ever. It's, all they, it's the only way they can justify existing. <laughs> so, I, I just... That sucks. It's not a happy time. Hope everyone lands on their feet. I would like it if they just fixed it. Like, the studios all just did it, you know? Like, you said some number to me that like what they're asking for has been like exceeded ten times in the amount that they've lost by letting them by like not by allowing them to start striking like not yeah demands basically, which is just shitty because that's clearly not even like a money based decision. It's like a power thing of like well we can't let them win. We don't want them to what's next? Then everyone asks for better conditions. Fuck them. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, if they if they hold the line, then like I don't see how they have to acquiesce eventually. I mean, maybe they'll come to some other kind of agreement. But I, the last one went on for months. That 2007 one went on for months and months, where everything was just fucked yeah. and it ruined shows and it ruined movies. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough. Some someone's got to give clearly. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, again, my heart goes out for like the people who, as I saw, as a result of like the last one. Other people's were losing their jobs, right? When production shut down, it's not just the writers who are voluntarily striking, right? So the costume people and the sound people. Yeah, exactly. And that's that yeah. is a shame, of course. But I, I don't know, you know. You kind of got to it's for the greater good, I guess. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just a it's a tough thing. Um, and you know, but if anything, messages pay your union dues, join a union if you can. I would say because um, that's a direct correlation. If you look it up between. Union membership and workers' rights. The more people are in a union, the better conditions become because they literally have to because you're unified against them. Mm-hmm. Your bosses, your boss is not your friend. They want all, they don't want to pay you anything. Remember that. <laughs> not to radicalize anybody on the ACATAG, but fuck it. That's great. I like that we're having like a second, uh, you're not a second, whatever. But we're having a bit of a labor um, sort of revolution right now. Not revolution. What, what's around thinking of? Uh, resurgence? Yeah, sure. Renaissance? Yeah, yeah. Renaissance is a good word for it. Labor's just in the news a lot more again, and people are unionizing again more so than we've seen in decades, and that's good. Yeah, Starbucks is starting. Um, that for, right by us. I mean, according to us, we live in the Buffalo area usually, and we were the our Starbucks near us was the first to start a union mm-hmm. to get better rights, which is cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's tough. And anyone who's like w- overly worried about like, oh, I hope they do. like. Oh, here's the thing. So again, we obviously like movies and TV and shit. And like, if say this had like, if the worst comes to pass, and fucking, and or season two, which we're very excited for, and fucking the new mm-hmm. Star Wars movies and everything is just completely torpedoed. They say we're canceling them. Those those are all getting scrapped because of this. That would suck. But like, yeah, you're talking about people's livelihoods here. Yeah, like goofy Star Wars bullshit doesn't actually matter when like 
someone can't like pay their rent. People are going into debt just working a full time job. Like that's it's not cool. You can't argue that like your enjoyment of this stuff is more important than the yeah the livelihood of the people who are making it. Because if you if you really do love this stuff, whatever it is, and insert the thing right, whether it's Star mm-hmm. Wars or Marvel or any of these other million TV shows and movies that'll be affected by this, then why wouldn't you want the people who like the writers are so essential to that, right? I mean, obviously it's all yeah. you know it's a combination of everything, but yeah. The writers are a big part of what makes stories good. So you should just want them to be taken care of. City of mm-hmm. Life, fuck you guys. I always want my show. Like, that's not cool. That's very shitty and wrong. You're a bad person if you do that. And there's also a lot of people I've, we were talking about who are like, oh, well, you guys are all bad anyways. If you were good at writing, you'd get paid more anyways. Blah, 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 blah. Every TV show sucks now. They're probably all woke or whatever. <laughs> and like, if that's <laughs> the case, why do you care, right? Yeah, well, you're just doing this to be a dick. Then, Stop being a dick. I guess Go you don't even else. like movies and TV shows as they are right now, so then you should be fine with this asshole. Yeah, seriously. So, that's tough. Like I said, I hope it gets resolved. I, I don't know. I don't know how the dynamics have changed. I don't know if it's if they're in a better or worse position than they were in the last one, right? Like, if this is poised to go longer or shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on the one hand, you'd think, like, streaming is, is so essential that this idea that we could just have months and months of delays on um a bunch of streaming shows could be disastrous for some of these you would think right oh yeah like especially the smaller ones like i mean i say smaller big quotations because they're huge companies but like i don't know like cbs plus paramount plus like if you don't have a right if someone's writing halo season two what what else are you doing right what what else do you possibly have so i i would i would like to think maybe that um as a result of that like they would be more inclined to get a more swift resolution to this but maybe at the same time it's also more dire for them because like again streaming doesn't work <laughs> so yeah maybe they're they're like well we just don't have the money to give to like the writers and stuff you know mm-hmm. we don't want to pay them like any kind of residuals or or whatever form that would take so yeah i don't know man overall it sucks it's, it's really tough um i wonder if they'll have to i don't know much about this but i wonder if the uh moves by I mean, formerly HBO Max, now Max Discovery. If they're, uh, if them like, all right, we're just gonna cancel these shows and to pay all the writers and or anybody. If that's any, like, if that has fueled anything and like, hey, don't do that. You can't do that or make some part of their demands. Mm-hmm. Being like, you can't just cancel shit and get rid of it because you want to make more money. You have to still pay people. Yeah. Because again, like, yeah, like a lot of those people on HBO Max, and we talked about this. Like, they took off, like, they like gutted their animation they go to their library so everyone who made anything that was getting paid from that being on there can has no income from that anymore mm-hmm. so they're they're screwed it's like why why would you do any of this it's just it's like everything yeah we say this yeah. a lot they're all they're so short-sighted with this shit it's like yeah you think in the long run it'd be better off to just again it clearly would have been better off to have just paid the, the, the like done the demands because again i don't know the number i saw maybe this was off target but i think it was that the whole union like Everyone who's on strike right now, their demands were could have been met for like six hundred million collectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and instead now they're losing like billions of dollars every day as as an industry. So I don't know how it works. I mean, I'm not the specifics, right? Like where who are they arguing with, right? Right. Because it's not one employer, so I think it gets a little muddled. But still, I mean, Disney alone could have footed that bill and not noticed. So yeah, but they're like, no, we need all our money. I saw Come them. On. They're like striking on the um. They were striking outside of the Wonder Man shoot, and I think they were getting that shut down and stuff. 
we were just reading oh, right, right. one where like three dudes were able to shut down a shoot because they were picketing and then other uh union crew did not want to cross the picket so that's cool so that's good that's really solid to see yeah solidarity between the yeah. different groups so and sometimes it's tough now we'll say we don't you know you don't like don't cross a picket line if you can but sometimes and i saw adam conover is getting a lot of like he was on the news and stuff but he's been kind of like who is this uh are you, are you know adam ruins everything that tv show that yeah was on true tv yeah, i got you yeah it was it's him yeah uh and he mentioned how like some people do cross the picket and he's like we don't they're trying to judge it's like some people can't afford not to like some people have children like some people aren't like 20 20 25 year old writers who don't have any kids and just kind of living by the seat of their pants some people have like families and kids and they can't just pick up an, a new job or something they're like well i have to do this to feed my family i, I have to do this mm-hmm. so it's just a, a tough thing why you think that you know just pay them but it sucks that you know corporate greed forces people to make these kind of decisions between like their own integrity and feeding their family. Yeah. No, it's, it definitely is tough. Uh, I so don't know how tech, that will work out after that. Yeah. I was just saying, yeah. I know that they, um, I saw something about like people who aren't currently writing as working as screenwriters, right? Like uh, book mm-hmm. writers, author stuff who might be approached in the coming days to be like, Hey, do you want to come write on this show to pick up the slack? And that like, it might seem like an easy opportunity, but then going forward, whenever it all gets resolved, like the, the guild will then, you know, reserves the right to like bar you for membership then because you because you cross the picket line. So yeah, it's tough. It definitely is like it's it's definitely complicated. But like I said, overall, it seems like the easiest, least complicated solution would be to just work it all out pretty quickly. Because I get yeah, pay them the money. None of these companies are going to be like crippled by what these what they're asking for. <laughs> so no, no, they never were. All right, we they're just the worst. <laughs> we can act attack then. Perfect. Well, I take out of that into Guardians Three, yay! Ooh, movies, Ooh. cinema, yeah, movies, Marvel, woo, Disney. So, so Guardians Three, uh, well, the final chapter. I, I mean, it was pretty damn good, right? I mean, I very much enjoyed it. Final chapter of the Guardians trilogy, last James Gunn Marvel movie for, I guess, the foreseeable future. Yeah, Who knows yeah. if we'll do another one? Because now he's running all. Of, he's writing every DC movie now. Correct. Um, this was, and this was yeah, great. I mean. <laughs> It was a it was a it was a great movie. It was a good movie. You can't that has to be set up front. Yeah. Um He still got yeah, it. No Ant Man. Yeah. He didn't lose the touch or anything. That's it. I I didn't didn't think he would. It's a good thing they let him come back. I'll say that. Yeah. Jeez. A non Guardians three, James no no James Gunn Guardians three would not have been as good. I can't imagine. Um yeah, so let's there's been it's been said, Jack. This is the best Marvel movie since Endgame. I feel like what was the last movie said that? Wasn't it? Wasn't it Far From Home or No Way Home? Where people are like the best one yes. since Endgame, and it's like there's only been three. <laughs> yes, it was. Shut up, people. It's it's similar thing. I mean, I guess it has been almost five years, but there's not been that many of them. Um, and also, I think I said the same thing then. Is like I don't know how how much sort of value I give to that particular mm-hmm. thing because Endgame is maybe the best one. So, yeah, like yeah, better than the best one. The culmination of all this movies beforehand, all like 20 movies. Nothing's been as good as that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anything ever really will be, but... Yeah, in, in anything ever, but... But I wouldn't... I don't. I think I'd have to agree with that. It's been the best one in a while. I know uh, people did like, and, and we didn't hate or anything. Um, hey, man. Hey, man, I was gonna say, uh, I think Wakanda Forever was more more universally acclaimed. But yeah, we liked, yeah. We liked Ant-Man as well. Um, but yeah, it's just solid all around, really. 
either. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. So we start off. We're kind of where we are from the Guardians holiday special. So last time we saw them, they're on nowhere. They're running nowhere. Um, Rockets dancing around. Oh no, we start with his the beginning of his flashback, right? Or am I wrong? I'm trying to think. It's something. It's not. It doesn't start with him. Oh, is it? Is it the flashback well, or is it? I think. Oh, I think it starts with the raccoons in the high evolutionaries thing. Okay. So it starts with a bunch of. There's a bunch of raccoons in a cage. Um, all running around, all baby kind of baby raccoons or just young raccoons. And the high, someone walks into the room, you know, as the high evolutionary, and reaches in and and like hand out and grabs one of the raccoons, and that one is Rocket, and it turns him into Rocket. We, I don't remember how much we see of the like horrible experimentation and surgeries they do to him, um, but we know that's it's implied that we just see like the very first moment of Rocket when he becomes himself, uh, and then it cuts to nowhere. I think this is where it cuts there, and Rocket's just hanging out, playing music through a through the speakers, dancing around. We see everybody, Mantis and, and Nebula and Drax and Groot and he and well, Kraglin, Cosmo, all the fellas. Uh, and then we find Quill and Quill is like drunk, just very drunk, uh, just hanging out, drinking his sorrows away because he said that Gamora's back, gone, but back and doesn't remember him. Um, pretty traumatic. And he passes out and they kind of just call Nebula, Nebula. They all kind of take him back and put him to bed, and they're all very worried because he keeps getting drunk, and he's being a little bit of an alcoholic. But then, the action happens, and Adam Warlock appears. Woo! Yes. He appears. They do a big fight. And Rocket is mortally wounded, basically. Yeah. He gets in the chest, and they try to revive him with these catch-all med packs um, that, like, quickly will heal any wound, like, instantaneously, which, which is fun. Um, but then... Like, come in handy put- a couple other times, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. A bit of a, oh, the plot needs, I mean, we kind of need that to happen. We need something that will fry everything in Rocket's body. So what happens is, like, because it's sort of quick, um, it, like, his body starts to freak out and spark because there's, like, a key on his heart or something because he's been modified that he's, like, intellectual property. He's not, he's, like, they own him. They own all the cybernetics inside of him and by proxy him. Um so he's like dying because they can't operate on him to save him from his wound because they can, um, but, they, but they have to do it. So that's the plot. They have to go and find where Rocket was from, who made him to kind of uh, heal him. And then they're chased by Adam Warlock throughout. Um, so what do you think of the opening here? Uh, How did you I feel about the it, mic drop? the first Or the needle drop, sorry, the first one. I, like I thought it was good. Like a bit of creep? And yeah, it kind of works out uh, for what like all the characters are feeling so pretty we see all the uh just you know it's his opening where you get everyone and what they're up to and we see nowhere mm-hmm. we obviously got a lot of this like you said in the holiday special but it's good to see it again they're doing more stuff um it goes to say for people who didn't see the holiday special that they're there and hanging out um i saw someone say like I, they thought it was like a bit wasn't very self-aware like it was a bit on the nose to just have rockets using <laughs> creep but i didn't i thought it was fine <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes I mean, nothing has to be hidden and like meeting. You can just be kind of blatant in a thing. Also, like, that's what music is sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes people literally just sing songs that they. Yeah, Johnny Cash is a song that starts with, I hurt myself today. That's the first thing he says in the whole song. So, I mean, yeah. You don't have to be, not everything has to be like metaphors and illusions and stuff. Just say what you mean, man. Say how you feel. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, I like that they get right to Adam Warlock. Yeah. Like immediately. He does not play a, as big of a role as I thought he would have. 
Um, I didn't expect the role he would play. I didn't mind how they had him. Um, but I think I was thinking of like comic Adam Warlock. I'm like, all right, is he going to be Cause comic Adam Warlock is very smart and like very in control. And at some points he wields the infinity gauntlet um, and like all this stuff. But this Adam Warlock is very different in that he's kind yeah. of like a child. And everyone hates Basically. it, Jack. If you can imagine. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you knew who the nuke, who this, this movie's character was, who everyone uh, actually loves and is their favorite and hate that they ruined it. Uh, definitely Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, yeah. Everyone's losing their mind. What a joke. He's not Adam Warlock. Oh, my Adam Warlock would never. <laughs> Here's the thing, Jack. Here's the thing. I don't know if yeah. you're aware. I don't know if, if you if you noticed or if anyone else maybe saw this movie. Is. We already did the Infinity Saga. That already, We already did all of that. It already all yeah. happened, and we didn't use Adam Warlock. So Even once. What did you think he was going to do in this one, other than just kind of be here? I mean, yeah. he's really powerful. He seems to be pretty strong and stuff. He flies through space. But he wasn't going to be Adam. He wasn't going to be Adam Warlock from the comics. Okay. He was going to have like his his smoking um imp sidekick Pip. Like that wasn't. Yeah. That guy's in the Eternals. All right. Yeah. He's with Harry Styles. Don't even worry about it. All right. He's this is fine. I think this is totally fine. If you thought James yeah. Gunn was going to give him just like make him be completely serious top to bottom, I mean, come on. What are you doing? You've seen the movies, You've presumably. Yeah. You've seen James Gunn movies, you know. I think he was fun. I think he was funny. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah, I, I think he was endearing. I thought he had a good kind of arc to it. I agree. He kind of learns empathy. He does. He um, learns empathy. That's good. Gets a new gets a new family with the Guardians because yeah, you on. know that's. I, I thought he was fine. Um, Me too. And he's very important because they need a really strong guy to beat all the people they're too weak to beat. Exactly. So they need to be like, well, we need this kind of Superman in just to deal with the things they can't do, but he's not smart enough to actually make any change. Um, really great. Yeah, great stuff. I didn't um, have a problem with him, but I knew people were going to be like, where? Well, I think I saw some before I actually saw it. They were like, what a They made him such a joke. Who cares? Oh, yeah, sh- Who cares? Read the comics then, loser. Yeah, Jesus. just go read them then. What are you doing here? Shut up. Go home. No one cares. So yeah, we we do a bunch of you know just universe hopping. We go to the oh, they yeah. go to the uh, Orgo Corp. Yeah, the, yeah, the corporation there. Yeah, that's the first thing they have. Have some fun. Forced. First thing they have to do. Oh, they pick up um, Gamora. All right, so Gamora right. is Gamora from the other movies, obviously from Endgame, and she's joined the Ravagers now with Sylvester Stallone and the Magic that's One. Right. And like you said, he's Peter Quill's very much not over it. How, how could you be really yeah, at this point? It would be pretty. It would be a pretty heavy thing to deal with. Although it's been several years, presumably, even in universe. So I don't know. Maybe talk to somebody, bud. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. Maybe get it all sorted out. Well, he kind of does, though, doesn't he? That's movies for yeah. you. Um, arc. We have some fun here. I mean, I think the humor was on point pretty much through all this. There's some good jokes. Oh, yeah. I like the Nathan Fillion cameo. Um, yes. They, they had a he bit was- where they're making fun of their respective idiot teammates. Yeah, that's good. very good. Uh, I liked all the Mantis stuff was pretty funny because I think she could be a character that could get annoying, but I thought all of her jokes were not too bad, and she's doing goofy things the whole time. But I liked her. All yeah, Mantis time. is very good. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. she's been solid. I liked all the spacesuits with all like the color bit, and it's like I thought blue for the blue suit. Like, no, no, blue's everybody, and red is green, and green is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yellow, and it's like, well, how would I know? Well, it's very intuitive. I thought it was intuitive. <laughs> yeah. I um I really there's a lot of I really hated all the organic tech. I'd never like organic tech. It creeps me out when it's all squishy and ooh. Yeah, the the grew a space station. 
Yeah. That is pretty and gross. Cut, and like cutting into it and like there's like hair follicles. It's like, why? Why would just build it with metal? Why are you growing it? <laughs> the weird like data cube thing they have to get. That's just a weird ball of flesh. Yeah, it was all terrible. Oh, yeah. Terrible and gross. They'd like put their hands and like turn them into little squishy slime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, like uh, throughout the heist, they're trying to get this information about Rackett's file to see if they find the code to free him, to, like get that thing off his heart so they can actually heal him. And so uh, he, uh, what oh yeah, Gamora is like very violent and not very tactful like Quill's trying to be. And he's like, stop doing this. Why are you like this? Gamora would never do this. She was much more level-headed than you. What happened? And yeah. uh, Gamora's like, stop stop saying this to me. I'm not her. I'm not the person you knew. I am her, but not really. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. We're so different now. You got you to gotta let it go, buddy. Yeah, that's tough. I, I was, you know, definitely after Endgame, I remember thinking this is one of the big things Guardians 3 was going to have to deal with. And I was curious how they would how they would do it, basically. And I think this is the only way that it kind of makes sense. Um, I suppose some part of me was like hoping they would get back together and work it out anyways. But that doesn't seem very realistic. No. Or like just to do some weird deus ex machina magic to be like, and I remember everything, yeah. and I'm back. I kind of thought maybe that too. But I think ultimately this is probably better. And I don't know, there's been much said this past couple months about this and like how much how involved James Gunn was or wasn't in um, in the decisions made with Gamora and Starlord and stuff in the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. And how maybe he would or would not have done it if it was up to him. Um, and that's probably true, but I also think that like, I don't know, I feel like the Gamora thing works pretty well in Infinity War, so. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a pretty, for the arc that has to happen, it's pretty solid. Yeah. That movie's very solid as a result of so, the Gamora and Thanos dynamic. It's tough. I understand that perhaps he, he would not have, yeah, wanted that himself if he had a choice. Like, of course, it'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't want you to kill my character. <laughs> yeah, the character who is very crucial to this plot. But, I don't know, ultimately, I think it, you know. It then gives the opportunity for some really interesting stuff in this one. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I didn't think it was really... I think it works, basically. Like I said, I think maybe at one point I was hoping that there would be something where, like, oh, maybe they'll figure it out and get back together anyways. But I just don't think that can work. Yeah, unless, like you yeah. said, unless you do some kind of weird space magic, which I suppose this universe, not out of the question, right? Mm-hmm. But unless you do something to make her remember, that can't, that can't work as a relationship where he remembers... No all the stuff they had before and she doesn't that's just not feasible that's nothing so it kind of makes sense and i mean we're kind of jumping around but i'll just say at the end like i like when she returned to uh the ravagers and they were all excited to see her and everything right yeah because they're like her, they're a family they are her family like, yeah i like that because the whole movie he's kind of like talking she was like look at one point he says like oh they, you don't know them they're not your family we're your family and he's just kind of being you know a little yeah. shitty like he and again it makes sense like that he would feel a certain kind of way about it but i like that when we mm. see it, it's like i oh, know they really are like wh- why couldn't she get along with them and and yeah and he's also there. a little bit on it because he was a ravager he's like well they're not your people they're my people yeah like, don't exactly i was with them first so i, th- I know them i thought that was all good as well mm-hmm. um we get also throughout the flashbacks right with rocket when he was yeah. basically young and created and all that yeah it's a a lot of, and because, again, we're jumping around a lot, but because of all this, we see, like, you know, the high evolutionary, and the guy who created him, uh, we see the horrible, we, we alluded to, we see on his back, like, all the horrible scarring and the places to insert things, but we see that the high evolutionary just does this to everybody. He's just a horrible, mad scientist who just plays God, literally plays, he creates life, 
and just fucks with everything and is like, I'm gonna make a raccoon smart for no reason, just to do it. Yeah, he and he makes. I think I think that really is what's going on, right? He's just kind of fucked mm-hmm. up and likes it because it doesn't really yeah. make sense from the perspective of like if he's able to create something like the Sovereign, which are like this fully formed alien race, apparently. Then yeah, does he need to like stick weird metal bits into a raccoon? <laughs> to an Earth raccoon that he picked up from Earth? That doesn't make like, any I'm... sense, right? And he's making another Earth, but with animals instead of people. Is he a human from Earth? He's just insane. Yeah, he's a very insane man. I think, I think in the comics he's a Cree, uh, isn't he? Am I wrong? I don't know. Let's see. He might be. They it's it's, like, it's Marvel comics, so they're probably either Cree or a Skrull. It's the two groups they go with every single time. Maybe he's just nothing like that. Oh no, this says he's, his species is evolved human. So, oh well, there you go. Uh, yeah. So he's like on this grapple. He's gone counter Earth. This like grapple of Earth that I assume he also created because he has that technology. I assume, and he's like trying to whatever he's, he's just having fun with Rocket. He makes Rocket smart, and he puts him in this cage with these three other fucked up animals. That's like this otter that he gave robot arms to Lila. This rabbit he gave like. Spider horrible legs? spider legs too and like antenna on its head and like a mouth thing over its mouth probably so we could speak named floor but it's and they're all, they all have varying levels of intelligence like the rabbit is just kind of like a like very low level mm-hmm. like it's very like broken sentences and calls itself a floor calls itself floor because it doesn't no one doesn't have enough complex thought and there's a wall they give the walrus wheels they do give the walrus wheels they gave that and they made his eyes like not be able to blink like they held it open with like weird claws so it like makes a metallic sound yeah, when he blinks I, I just it's very it's very upsetting truth i refuse I, to believe not, that there's any practical reason for those right because the, yeah. the the argument that he says at least is that like oh well we had to do this to know to learn things from so that we could make our weird evolved panda people or whatever the fuck but that doesn't even make any sense i think he is no. just fucked up and likes it because it's weird and he's just like seeing what he can do yeah, how far he can really go. Because, like, the only one that really works is Rocket, because he makes Rocket intelligent with, like, complex thought and gives him, like, more, more like, opposable features and, like, he's more mobile. So, like, you're the only, he's the only one he actually made right. Yeah, the kind of the big conceit of it is that, at least for his, to what he can think, which I think, you know, part of it is that he's probably wrong and he just mm-hmm. has such a low opinion of everyone who isn't him. But, According to him, Rocket is the only one he ever made that is capable of true invention, and that's why they want him, is so that he can get his brain and decide how to do that better, basically. Yeah, see what he did to his brain. Like, what, what happened to make it? And uh, I think, obviously, the, the big answer is that he just, Rocket was just able to because he was alone and, like, had his time to think by himself, when the High Evolutionary just gives all his other um, creations, whatever they want or whatever he thinks they need, so they have no need for invention. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like I don't think he's probably strictly accurate when he says that none of them are capable of it. I think mm-hmm. he's just kind of an asshole. <laughs> well, he's an asshole oh. for sure. But yeah. like those children, that that's like the final form that it's taken. Right, it's all these little like pale, white haired looking kids, right? Mm-hmm. And or, I don't know. I think they got like weird lines on their face and stuff. You get it. Yeah, they like run around. They're really smart. Um, but he says that they're not capable of true invention. That they they're able to do all this impressive stuff, but it's just rote memorization. But yeah. I mean, yeah, is it even true? Or is he just they're being just an children. asshole? Yeah, they're just kids. I, like, yeah, I think because he's like, well, Rocket could do math, and like, I think only because he figured out that one thing that they couldn't, when making all those monster things aggressive. Mm-hmm. 
And also Rocket so, like likes that, right? You know, that's mm-hmm. his interest is like making things and, and all the mechanical stuff and all that. So of course he can. Doesn't mean those kids can't. Again, they're just children. He's just he's just the worst, basically. Yeah, he's he's just an awful. Um at one point he like Rocket he shows Rocket like his next thing and he's like, Oh, you have to do this. Like he has a moment of genius and he freaks out and he's like, All right, I know what I'll do. I'll take the brain out of you because f- you were right. And I didn't know how you're right. So I'm going to study this brain of yours. I'm going to kill you. Then I'm going to kill your friends because I don't need them. I give the walrus wheels because I thought it would be funny. Um, for what? Because he, I don't know if he takes it's a, there's a lot of like, I mean, it, the answer is he's crazy. You know, the, the story doesn't have to be like, well, what's the practical purpose of the bunny with spider legs? Is that like he put it in a cage because he's like, maybe I can use this if I need to, but I have it. Um, and he tries to escape. He builds a little key card out of like scraps. Um, and he gets out and he frees one of his friends, but the high evolutionary is waiting for Rocket, and he's like, "Well, I may be crazy, but I'm I'm still like an insanely intelligent person. I knew you would try to break out, and I knew that you could, so I I caught you. I'm gonna kill you and take your brain now. Um, so it doesn't work. Rocket gets a gun and like goes all crazy and kills all the guards, but all his friends die tragically. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, he scratches like his face off, like horribly scars yeah, he, him like, and deforms him. and maims the, the high evolutionary. Good. I good, say good. Good come up with. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for that. Because then you kind of see, obviously we saw he had the weird face thing going on the whole time. And then at one point mm-hmm. I like realized like, oh, he doesn't in the past. Yeah. Something's going to happen to it's his face. Like, <laughs> it's got like hair and stuff. Yeah, he's got normal yeah. face. Uh, and then, oh, so his flash, and then he gets on a ship and flies off. Mm-hmm. Like he escapes, escapes. on his some goes wherever. Uh, so then Groot. Groot at some point and then becomes a mercenary. And then the events of Guardians of- 1 happen. And then which we will not recount so <laughs> uh peter quill steals an infinity stone so um i what did you think of counter earth because we saw obviously we saw a lot of this in the trailer like these weird anthropomorphic animal people who lived on a really weird approximation of like 50s earth and we're like what the fuck is this <laughs> um <laughs> obviously it's in, very in the context it makes a lot of sense now right yeah it that's literally what it is it's like he was trying to recreate that intentionally so because i was like what's the explanation for this random planet seemingly just like co-evolving to be earth (laughs) yeah but it was it was forced it was the high evolution yeah yeah forced it um i liked it i liked the stuff with like the bat family they're nice that like takes them in they're like no we're sorry we're gonna we want to help you and they're like kind of become friends um i like the couch a bit yeah (laughs) that was funny like don't put your feet on the couch. Be polite. That's what it's here for. It's for. I like. Yeah, he ex- he's like, he's like, uh, Drax. It's like it's for people to sit shoulder to shoulder, like multiple people on the couch. As I used to believe, it doesn't have more than one purpose. <laughs> um, but yeah, then they go off and drive. We have the one f bomb. Yes, the first one in a Marvel movie, right? You think? Oh yeah, I think. You so. think it was well done or what? I, I thought it was very... I didn't expect it, so it made me laugh even harder because it's a very funny joke. I told you, I saw it on like a trailer or like a clip, I think. It was released to the internet prior. I was like, how are you going to put the one F-bomb out in like a clip? Yeah, that's... Because they need to go like, oh, then people are going to go see it. It's one of those things like backwards logic. I mean, it's like, my well, fault. If we show them the best part. It's my fault for watching it on Twitter, but... Twitter will ruin everything. Yeah. Um, What else happens? We can do the whole thing. Um. Drax and Mantis don't listen as always. They do their own things. Uh, they go to try to save Peter from the big thing that they're in to try to escape. But then Peter and Groot actually jump out and get the thing they need for rockets. So they're kind of like, they'll kind of separate themselves. I just wanted to reconvene. So the, I just wanted to say, what do you think about the idea that um, 
Counter Earth also just has bad stuff, though. That was something I found interesting. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was interesting too. Right, that they just oh, like, have you- like crime and and because it, it's like I'm gonna make a utopia, but it just turned out kind of like Earth. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Like, I, I think it probably. I mean, maybe this is kind of a. Uh, cynical or whatever but like i don't know if such a thing as a utopia can ever really exist right yeah like because like nobody has nobody makes bad choices no one makes selfish choices yeah it's kind of like the whole like at some point free will sort of thing means that people Mm -hmm. can do bad things it's it's all kind of wrapped up in that and uh Mm, for sure but i think i also don't think it was like james gunn being like look utopia can't exist everything sucks because he also shows that there's good people there right like the family that helped them i mean so that's just life, man. You know, you got to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Absolutely. That's all there is to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, we also get a lot of, quite a bit of friction here. Well, we see throughout the movie uh, between the Guardians. And uh, what do yeah. we think of that, Jake? They're kind of mean to each other I, sometimes. They are. But that's, I think that's because well, they're, they're kind of like a family. That's family. And yeah. they've got really, contr- really contrasting personalities. And that's, again, that's life too, isn't it? But they all yeah. love each other. Mm-hmm. There's a, a good line where like uh, they're like, why do you want to say that dumb raccoon? And it was like, well, he made, that raccoon in my arm, so I want to keep him. And he's like, well, I'm, but I'm your sister. We're family. And she's like, well, yeah, but all, he's my family too. So why don't you shut the hell up, lady? Yeah, I thought that I was what you're really talking good. about. Gamora saying yeah. it's great. The Nebula, like it's come full circle here, and Nebula standing up for them against Gamora. That's a really cool mm-hmm. scene. Um, yeah, very nice. And like they have the moment where Mantis is like, you guys are mean to him. You guys are more or uh, Nebula in particular is obviously mean, right? She's all gruff and shitty. Mm. But um, you know, and we saw this in the special too. Like she, she does care for them. She just has a h- even harder time showing it than any of the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. But I like too that uh, she's got uh, Mantis says that thing where she's like, "He's the only one of you, all of you, that doesn't hate himself." And it's like, ooh, cut steep. Ooh, it's probably true. He's right. Probably true. Drex yeah. thinks he's great. <laughs> He's a, he's a very simple guy. He's a very simple guy. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. He's really yeah. not that stupid. Or he's not much more stupid than the rest of them, right? He's not. He's not that much dumber than Mantis. Well, exactly. That's for sure. They're all stupid about a lot of things, right? I mean, yeah. it's kind of the charm of all of them. Yeah, Rocket's the only like he's the smartest one, uh-huh. but he's just kind of like a dick. They all have their own proficiencies, is what it comes down yeah. to, right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Oh yeah. Uh, and well, spoiler alert for the movie because we were talking about this a lot. We did a couple spoilers, but who cares? Nobody dies. None of the guardians die, and I'm okay with um, that. I'm okay. I th- I really thought now they do a fake out here, and again, again, I will say spoilers if you haven't watched the movie. Um, Peter Quill almost dies in space, and I was like, are they gonna kill Peter Quill well, right three now? Three or four of them almost die. <laughs> feels like that's true, but his it was especially because it was like his face puffs up. Yeah, I was gross. Well, I see. I was kind of, I was torn, right? Because I mean, in the moment, I'm like, oh my God, which way are they going with this? At first, I was like, oh my God, they're really doing it. And then his face puffed up and I was like, holy shit, are they killing him? But then I was kind of, and again, obviously this all happened in like the 30 seconds this is playing out on screen. But I was like, no, that's not how they would kill him, right? Would they give him such an undignified, like, (laughs) your body expands? Yeah, he explodes in the vacuum of space. That would be horrible, right? Yeah, it's really for yeah for Star Lord to go out that way. Surely that's not how it's gonna end, and it wasn't. But I was like, at first I was like, yeah. oh, they ruined his face. I guess he's dead. But then I'm like, no, that's can't that can't be where it ends. But even with oh, Rocket, God, right? Rocket almost mm-hmm. dies for real. And it's this is a shot that we oh. saw from the trailer where he's Star Lord's like screaming, and he talks to Lila and I don't know Heaven or whatever. 
in the in the yeah. There's a cl- I mean, the- you saw that coming though, right? Yeah. When she was talking to him, I was like, okay, well, he's not actually gonna die. Because then when he's like, they I will- want to come with you, I was like, well, she's gonna do the thing where she's like, you can't. Yeah, not yet. You can come. We'll we'll be waiting for you when you get here. Whatever this is. Yeah. Whatever this is. We're in the fucking mm-hmm. you know train station from Harry Potter. But yeah, exactly. There's Voldemort under that bench <laughs> over there. He's still there. <laughs> Stay away from that bench. Come back later. And I like that. Yeah, I like what pulls him back. He's like, someone says like, some say here's here's raccoon. He's like, I'm not a raccoon. And then he comes back to life. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then he finally learns that he's a raccoon. He was a raccoon the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Spoiler alert. Rocket raccoon was. They keep telling him, which I think is very funny as like he can't. It's not that he's like in denial, but he just doesn't think that he, he is. He literally like, didn't not. think he was a raccoon. And he was like, I'm not a raccoon. How could I be a raccoon? That's crazy. I'm, I'm what? But then he accepts it. He reclaims it, Jack. He takes it back. Yeah. Takes the word back. It's his word. He is a raccoon. God damn it. He's yeah. rocket raccoon. He said the thing. Finally. Ooh, we see the line. Um, um, yes, but I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm the character death thing. Like, I'm glad that no one died because you don't have to kill a character when their arc's over. Granted, James Gunn literally does that in the Suicide Squad with Polka Dot Man, as I point out in that review we have but that, from two years ago. It's such point. a very different movie, right? I mean, this, yeah. it's the Suicide Squad. To they do that properly, die. a lot of them should die, right? You could honestly argue that mm. it's a flaw with the first one. <laughs> Is that they all just kind of make it out because it's like, what's the point of this movie then? You just made like a we're the Avengers, but kind of mean, you know, mean Avengers. You need them to do that. But this is not you didn't need that. Right. No, there are. And it is still bittersweet at the end because of the way they they break up and everything. But before just before I get to that, like the kind of third sequence, third sequence, third act climax sequence here. um, They're attacking the ship. The uh, nowhere shows up. Piloted by Craglin. Oh, he had a fun little arc, this one. He's not with him yes, he most did. of it, but he had his own little arc where he finally figures out how to use the arrow because um, he, he he did it with his heart. Oh, yeah. He, him and Cosmo, he keeps calling Cosmo a bad dog. and She will not let it go. Very fun. I like that. Yeah. I like the characterization of Cosmo. I guess that's how a dog would be if it could talk. Yeah. And they're all just, um, everyone's just like, just tell her she's a good dog, Craglin. He's like, well, I can't. I couldn't do that if not. she wasn't a good dog. <laughs> They're all like, ah, oh, jeez, god damn it! But then at the end, she is a good dog. Yeah, I mean, she seems like a pretty solid dog. Yeah, I mean, it can talk. A dog can talk pretty good. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's got. She's got telekinetic powers and shit. I mean, that's pretty solid. <laughs> oh yeah, I knew once we saw the because he they have all these like I think he calls them the abominations or the hell beasts or something. They're called hell spawn, right? Hell very aptly <laughs> named because they're horrible like doom monster. They're a bunch of animals that have been mishmash with the robot parts into monster hell spawn mm-hmm. and they send the big cgi army to attack the group of people and once i saw them I was like well there's no way they're all gonna beat them so it's got to be craglin's got to do the thing that yandu does in the second movie that's right, good the first one. and the first one right he does in the first one as well just kills them all with the arrow and he does that arrow is mm, so effective it's so effective until it hits that one wall yeah but then he gets it out he gets it out it's good it's very very good it's very effective. Yeah, they needed Yandu at the end game battle. He would have really tore it up. Oh, he would have destroyed him. That's why. Had, that's why they had to kill him to take him out. James Gunn knew he was like he'd be too, he'd be too powerful. <laughs> Yandu solos. <laughs> Yandu solos Thanos low diff, no diff even. Yeah, I like that. Michael Rooker even showed up. I had to get him in there. Yeah, I was like, man, they really had to paint him blue for ten <laughs> seconds. They're like, all right, buddy, Michael Rooker, come here. Paint. He's like, how? What's? Do I get like a flashback? Nope. You're going to stand in a wave, put your hand over your heart, and then disappear. Use your heart. You got to put me. 
Use your heart, boy. And then he does. He does. He's got his fucked up teeth. That's all right, though. That's all right. Good on him. How do you feel about the, the things just sticking out of his head, though? It's still kind of weird, right? Works still kind of weird. It works not as good when you're a blue person. Not a blue person, that is. Yeah, it works much better when you're already uh, when you're blue. Because if it, if Cracklin was like me, and I'm like, oh, if I that hurt be in my head. Also, he's got the big one from the second movie, and not the nice, you know, trim first Sleek one. Yeah, so that's all right though. What are you gonna do? Um, I kind of thought Nebula almost looked like she was gonna sacrifice herself for a minute there too, but she gets out. They get all the people. Drax has this whole thing where he's like, "Look at he was a dad, remember?" Yeah, we brought that back. He loved his dog. I'm glad they brought that. That's back. very good. Yeah, and. Again, they have a moment where I'm like, "Oh shit, you're not like a, you're just different than us." Like, look at you're so good with these kids and everything, and they're like, Mantis and Nebula are absolutely botching it. Like, trying to scream, <laughs> Nebula's just screaming at these children. <laughs> they all start sobbing, <clears throat> and then Drax is like, "Hey, what's up? I'm gonna dance." Like a robot. I'm gonna do a monkey. I love a monkey. I do the favorite sounds of a monkey, and I was like, "Is he gonna?" And then he just did robot just did sounds and, and and robot motions as well. He just yeah, <laughs> he's clearly just acting. But like I thought. I thought it was one of the things like, okay, well, he thinks a, he, a monkey is different to him on Earth, but then he manages like, does he know what a monkey is? I don't think that's a monkey. <laughs> and uh, we do a big team up, beat up the high evolutionary at the end, huh? Oh, it was great Just stuff. kick the shit out of him. <laughs> do a little bit of Chekhov's gun, because the rocket boots. Yeah, the gravity boots. Yeah, that's it. Because I was like, all right. You don't have the tech guy build a thing and not have it. When's it gonna come up? And I'm like, oh, of course he gave the grav he gave the villain gravity powers. They all have gravity boots on. The powers don't work on them. Just beat the shit out of him. They all just get a couple licks in, but they don't leave him. I saw that was another thing where it's like classic MCU, good villain and then kill him. First of all, I don't give a shit if this guy never shows up again. I don't see why he would need to. You need to get yeah. rid of you. You guys need to get over that. Okay. There's so many of these movies. There's so many characters they still have not done. When have you ever been like, they really need to bring him back, right? The only time that kind of worked was with the Mandarin. That's it. Yeah. The only time. Otherwise, it's like, we just do not have the time nor care. It really is much simpler to just be like, I'm going to kill him, and then I don't need to get asked about it a million times. <laughs> yeah, get rid of him. Also, But he doesn't I even die, like, is what I was yeah, going to say. It's alive. He might still be alive. So we don't even know. So like, Shut up! Yeah, they rip his face off. They do. He's all horrible. I was like, are they gonna? I'm like, oh, they're not gonna show it. And they come like, oh god, they're showing it. Yeah, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. a lot of body horror in this movie. We were talking about this before the we started recording, but there's a lot of like, in a bad way, but just well, how, yeah. How do you feel about that? Because there's been a lot of I've seen discussion about like you know genuinely being like, oh, this is kind of like next level for an MCU movie. Is this just too much? Um. I I mean I'm not partial to body horror. I usually get kind of squeamish with them. Like oh, I don't like, especially in this kind of way, like a whole mad scientist. I'm gonna put a robot. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna give wheels to a walrus just to see what happens. Yeah. And, like, put a bunch of weird machines and make it. I never like that stuff. Um, but I mean I don't think it's too. It's kind of like I built up the villain. It makes him like this guy is a bad person. Like he does horrible things, and these are the horrible things he does. He's not pulling any punches. Mm-hmm. It's like that makes sense. Also, PG-13 movie. Don't bring your little kids in the theater I was in. But just a bunch of like a, a good number of like children under ten. That's like the only thing. It's the, like it's it's PG thirteen for a reason. Like just because you're yeah. like, well, it's the guardian. It's the funny raccoon. It's like, well, also the raccoon is being experimented on. So yeah, come on, guys. I mean, I get, like I said, like, I understand why there's like article and discussion going around being like, hey, this one in particular is maybe not for little kids. But uh, I mean, yeah. Also at the same time, I mean, shit, dude. It's been nine years since the first one. Is there a bunch of like, little, little kids who are like, I love the rock. I mean, I guess you can watch it whenever, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, and we've talked before on the show, I, me in particular, I'm a big fan of being like, hey, kids can watch, you know, good things too. This idea that like all kids media needs to be like dumbed down and stupid is, is no good. But mm. at the same time, like, yeah, those ratings are kind of there for a reason. Like if you have young yeah, children, there is good media for them that you can watch. Like kids movies exist kind of for a reason. And like, not to say these are the most, I get it, right? It's just the MCU. It's not like super adult or anything, but there is, you know, there is distinctions there to be had. And like, yeah, absolutely. PG-13 movies are usually still, you know, PG-13 movies for a reason. So, yeah, and I'm sure there's even adults, like you said, I mean, it freaks you out a bit much. And I know like if people were, you know, big animal lovers and stuff, obviously the fact that it's on like these little, all these little creatures little. is kind of upsetting. So. The bunny, I the I was good with all of us for the bunny. I was like, that bunny needs to get off my screen right now because the spy. It's the spider legs. Do you see anything about? I I think it's is it a girl bunny? Floor? I think maybe. Yeah, I think it's a girl bunny. Um, do you see anything about her beforehand? Because I saw like a clip of it or something on like Twitter, and I was like, oh my god, that's in the new Guardians movie. That's horrible. <laughs> I actually I did not, but I was looking on James James Gunn's Instagram before we started recording, yeah. and there's like the test footage video, and I was like, I'm glad I didn't see that. <laughs> before because i've been like hey i don't want to i don't want to get spoiled on it like yeah just, sure. that's I, I enjoyed that i was like this is awful i'm, I'm seeing this for the first time um because i thought it was only going to be him and the otter oh yeah i didn't expect it to be the other yeah. ones um but yeah so yeah I, yeah I guess just don't take your kids to this to little kids. but yeah. we said that before about a lot of stuff also the thing is i think a lot of kids don't want to watch movies like this like if you have an eight-year-old they often aren't even going to be entertained by something like this they, there really is like different kind of pacing and stuff that goes into and uh, this movie's dealing with some kind of larger theme. Again, I I get it, but like it is dealing with teenage themes at the least. I would say I think it, it is yeah. fair to say it's stuff like or, or young adults, whatever in that range. You know, it's stuff like of look, at Peter Quill has like kind of mommy issues, <laughs> like he has unresolved trauma from when his mother died and and weird attachment issues with women. That's like not something a seven year old's going to appreciate either. <laughs> Yeah, they're not going to understand that. Like, regardless of if it's spooky or not, that's going to be nothing yeah. to them either. So, and they're going to point and be like, "Oh, look, the fun raccoon!" Like, and then the parent, like that's <laughs> dying I, I, for the whole little, movie. <laughs> there was a little kid in my theater, and you know, nothing against this kid, but like the kid's like young, and it's like young enough that they're like point and like saying very loudly what they're seeing to their parents, <laughs> and the parents are like very loudly going shh, and I'm like, "You brought them to this? What? Like, that's not that kid's fault." Mm -hmm. Like you did this to everyone else. Just don't bring your kid to the theater. Just don't. And especially in this day and age, wait two months. It'll be on Disney Plus. Yeah. Just wait. It's definitely. It's the same with like, especially if God forbid you're bringing like young young kids, like toddlers or something, where they're just there. They're not even like watching the movie. They're just kind of baggage. I remember that when I saw when I saw about Creed three. Someone brought like a literal like baby, like a baby toddler, and I was like, why? That's just it's like wild. a twelve. PM showing of Creed. <laughs> Why is a baby here? What's going on? I mean, on? I get it's it. Movie. If you want to watch the movie, like, you know, people should be able to go see the movies, I guess. I understand being a parent's hard or whatever, but shit. Couldn't get anyone to watch them for a couple hours while you went to the movie. Or just wait. Like, I like just get HBO Max for it. Like, not even just get a free trial. You can get free trials. You can pay and cancel. Like, you don't have to get it for like a year, but whatever. Whatever. Um, so yeah, basically the conclusion is everyone makes it. Adam Warlock saves Chris Pratt from vacuum. Gamora. I, I think I say saved Christmas. He does kind of yeah, save Adam Christmas. Warlock, 
Gamora heads back. Like I said, they have a they have a you know a nice moment where they're like, you know what, you're not so bad. You're not so bad either. You know, and there's a little bit of a moment where it's like, are they falling in love again? Hey, maybe you're right. I suppose maybe, maybe. But like, but they don't they don't have to address it now. No, they don't have to. Or, or ever. Or maybe ever. Yeah, I agree. And um, like I said, I did like that she went back and she's you know she does have like a genuine connection with the Ravagers and and all of them. I think that's nice. Um, I liked that. Well, then, I guess then we just get the whole everyone's kind of goes their separate ways for a bit. Which yeah, is basically, uh, Man- Nebula and Drax are gonna run nowhere and just kind of stick there. And Drax will help take care of all these kids they got. And Mantis is going off around with the three big monsters from oh, yeah. the second movie. I think it's very funny to just um, kind of find herself. Yeah, because she's kind of does whatever. She kind of just hops from person to person, group to group. Whoever will take her in. Um, Peter's gonna go back and find see if he can find his grandfather. And he and he well he does and he lives on Earth with him for a bit, which I think is he's living really on nice. Um, something yeah. I never really considered, but like it's cool that they brought up this movie and uh, Mantis is like, "What about like anyone else? Did you have a grandpa?" And he's like, Psh, "Fuck him!" He yelled at me he once probably when did. I was seven, so or however old he was. And they're like, "Yeah, but his daughter had just died, so he was pretty upset. So maybe forget." Yeah, Mantis him, is. Very, I mean, she's literally an empath, obviously. So it makes yeah, sense. But yeah, she's she's very emotionally mature at times. To be like, well, I don't know. He was probably having a rough time too. He probably was, just didn't want you to see that. <laughs> and he's like, rumble, rumble. People die <laughs> when they're fifty on Earth. Yeah, that was getting the point of living. Good joke. She's like, are you almost dead? <laughs> good stuff. Um, but yeah, so then that's that kind of then Rocket leads the Guardians with Groot. Groot becomes ginormous. Peter gives him his uh, Zoom. It's Captain Zoom. Chip. What is it? Our, I think it's a Zoom. It's MP3 player. Now that Chris Pratt's on Earth in modern day, though, I fully expect him to get like an iPod Touch at the least. At the least. I think he'd blow his mind. Some, the, the music technology. Some AirPods. You're like, oh my goodness. Don't show him Spotify. <laughs> oh my God, every song is on here. I don't all have to of pay them? for it. All of them? I can fit all, all the songs. All the ones What's Apple Music? <laughs> he'd be all into it. Wireless earbuds? He would. He would be having a great time, I think. Oh, yeah. So yeah, and uh, we we'll get the we we'll get some post credit scene. Oh, they start dancing to Florence and the Machine at the end. That's fun. That's a good new. Oh, yeah. What do you they, think of the new drops little... generally in this one? I thought they were good. I liked them. I think they're very good. James and good. they're not like necessarily obvious. I don't know. I just I think he really is just the best at it. <laughs> There's a reason oh, yeah, after the first Guardians, everyone just tries to copy this exact thing. But uh, you know, often imitated, never replicated. I say. Oh, absolutely. He's the only one. He's the only one who does it with any fucking class. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Like, did it? Did, did I did I yell at Mario on here? Or was it before? Maybe before. I don't even know. I think before. Yeah. But yeah. Mario and fucking Shazam and Black Adam and Bush. They all just sort of just like put it into whatever song. The most popular song you can think of. Yeah. But uh, the first Suicide Squad's guilty of that too. Oh, just put in House of the Rising Sun for some reason. Fuck you. Just go home. Yeah. Put Bohemian Rhapsody for some yeah, reason. Yeah. Exactly. Shut up. But yeah, I mean, Florence and the Machine, you wouldn't expect it necessarily. And because like for a while, the first two movies, it was very much like, look at fucking the 50s or not the 50s, Jesus, but the 70s and 80s, right? With pop music yeah. from then, from his mother's kind of generation. Um, it makes a lot of sense that uh, he had this Zoom this whole time. We can explore some other eras of music. And why not have a song from like fucking 2012 or something, whenever that song came out? Yeah. I think it's good. I think it been earlier, earlier than 2012 because he said it was in the 2000s. That would have been like a 2010s kind of 
section. Yeah. Or maybe it wouldn't have been. Who knows? Let's see. When did when dog days are over come out, Jack? Uh I don't I don't know. Two thousand eight. You're right, Jack. I'm a fool. How long have Florence and the Machine been around? Oh, two thousand seven. Really okay, so they that's an early hit. That's a banger. They can't get swinging. Banger from Florence and the Machine, I must say. Gotta love them. Um, when we get the post credit scenes or the mids, whatever. So we got the new Guardians team, which is right. Rocket and Groot and Raglan, Cosmo, Cosmo, and uh, Adam, Adam Warlock, Warlock and uh, one of the children. Yes. So do you know who that child is supposed to be? No. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a comic thing. She's okay. called. I'll bring it up here. So, in some ways, I, I like this because, like, you know, in the, you know, the modern incarnation of the Guardians, right? It's like a whole thing. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a, a lot of... It was a bigger team than we saw in the first movie, basically, right? Because Adam Warlock was a founding mm-hmm. member. Um, so was Cosmo and Mantis and all them. And uh, so I think it's cool that they're around. And also, one of the founding members was um, the second Khoisar, who is Phyla Vell, who is the oh, daughter right. of Marvel. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which I guess Marvel just has a bunch of bastard children running around. I don't even know what that's about. Because he's, he's, isn't Hulkling his son as well? I think. Well, he's the son. No, you know, he's the son of the Cree. Oh, no, the Skrull Queen to Marvel, I think. Yeah. Then, yeah, I think yeah. he is his son. I was thinking which one, which one his mother was. I think he's just got all kind of kids running around. Hey, he gets around. But so, Philavel is apparently Captain Marvel's son or daughter. Um, and she's the second Quasar who has the, uh, the Quasar band or oh, the quantum bands. You wear them and you become Quasar, I guess. So there you go. It's fun. The, the cosmic side of Marvel is just a whole fucking thing. That's all. It's, it's, it's so impenetrable, even as like a normal comics fan, like a pretty big, I feel like I got a lot of Marvel knowledge and then you just try to read about like the annihilation series and you're just like, Oh my God, there's too much here. I don't know how much they even lean into it nowadays, but there was a while there where they had like the, um, yeah, it was, it was annihilation and, it was like Annihilation War and Annihilation Conquest or something. These two massive like cosmic events that happened in the MCU. And it, and it's like what caused the creation of the new Guardians and all that. And it's just so much going on there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this new character, apparently she's credited as, as being called Phyla. Um, so she's probably Phyla Val. But like, you know, she also doesn't have the quantum bands, presumably. <laughs> yeah, she just has- or a big sword. That's what Quasar has in the in that opening thing is a big sword. But you know, she's she must have something. I would hope. Does she have some kind of energy? I don't even remember. Oh, she I know all the kids um that he evolutionary made have are like uber efficient. Like they don't need that much ener- food to make a bunch of energy. Yeah, they can they, like they, run for two hours. They do say that, so maybe that's just she's got like cause his cosmic power is kinda of what Adam does. He already has that, so Yeah. I feel like they're similar though in the comedy yeah, stuff, I guess. I don't know. I've not read a ton of that comic book, but yeah, me neither. I think with that though, they've they've touched on every one of the founding members. Yeah, seems like it. Because I think the original team was Star Lord, Gamora, Quasar, Rocket, Groot, Drax, Adam Warlock, Mantis, Cosmo. Yeah. It's a big team. They, they they really trimmed it down over the years because for yeah. a while it's just been the movie one basically, and then it'll be like and Agent Venom. And, oh, yeah. and Iron and Man. Better Bill sometimes. Better Bill sometimes. Angela <laughs> from fucking Spawn. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what do what do we think, Jack? Oh, and then the other. Sorry, let's do this. The other one is is just a fun Star Lord having breakfast with his grandpa. Yeah, talking about like I'm more Lon, but like 
she's got a son. He's 45, able-bodied. Like he just watched me mow his lawn, and he's like, "Don't even, don't even get me started on that. It's a whole thing." He's like, "Oh, I, I kind of want to know now." <laughs> yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, he will, re- and he will return. It says, "Yes, the legendary Star Lord will return," which I wasn't I really doubting, but yeah, yeah, but they get um, cheap with that. It didn't say the Guardians, but like you know, it's like when they were like Thanos will return. It's not like the Avengers but, didn't come back as well. That's true. What did they say at the end of Shang Shang Chi? Didn't they say like the Ten Rings will return or something? They did say that. Not they get cheeky with it, you know. Yeah, they have a little bit of fun. So I feel like the Guardians will probably more or less just all be together and back for like Kang Dynasty. Yeah. And, what do you think? I think Kang Dynasty or, or def- definitely Secret Wars. Secret Wars is gonna have everybody who's ever been in these fucking Wouldn't movies. You think they can so? grab with their, their big reachers. And see, on the one hand, it's like. It almost undercuts it a bit just because of like the meta thing of like, well, I know these guys are all going to be back <laughs> probably all yeah. together. Like, you know, and, and at the same time, it'll be a couple of years. So I suppose it's conceivable. That it'll be like, well, I hung out on earth for a while and Mantis will be like, I found myself, but we're just going to come back. <laughs> hang out. No, we're going to do it all. Again. We're going to hang out. <laughs> yeah. And they probably still want to go back to their family. Like, it's like, well, we're going to come back. We want to see you guys. Yeah, exactly. So, and, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, what do you, the Gamora is one where like Zoe Saldana in particular has said like I think I'm probably done with these, and she's even said like maybe they'll recast her. I think that's interesting. Oh, yeah, that'd be the first time in a while they've had to do that. I mean, maybe she's telling the truth, but I also feel like I don't know. David teaches us similar things that he's gonna like. Some they gave him like, like, money. Would they not just be in the movie? I mean, I think so. Especially for like an Avengers thing where you're in it for in it as a smaller portion of the whole thing. I mean, Zoe Saldana's going to be in the next fucking three Avatar, Avatar movies. movies. So like, you try to tell me she's too good to be in a, an Avengers movie now? Like, come on. Yeah, that's a bit silly. As we've said, they're basically the same. <laughs> but yeah, I would say this is definitely going to, they're going to rest for a while, but that's what every MCU character does. I mean, after you finish your movie, you don't show up for again for a few years. So I think it'll still be impactful. They'll be like, all right, they split up. But I, I can't imagine when we're going to see him again. Now that Thor's all taken care of and all. Yeah, it is. Like, Interesting. What are their opportunities? Like, what do we have cosmic coming up? Eternals? Marvels, I guess. Yeah, Marvels, the Eternals. Are they even making another Eternals, though? Where's that even on the docket? <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. I heard Pat Oswald talk about it on Good Morning America once, what he months know? ago. What does he know? What does he know? So, Jack, here's the question that I want to ask you. What do we think? Okay. As a trilogy, how did this all shake up? I think it's a solid trilogy. I think it's a really solid trilogy. Is it say, the best MCU trilogy? So what do we got? We got Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Iron Man, Ant-Man. Sure, oh, I didn't think of that. Captain America. Who else? Captain America. I guess you could say Thor, but Thor is a tetralogy now, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, Thor's tetralogy. Can't do that. Avengers are tetralogy. Trilogy. Um, I guess those are the oh, big a, threes. Yeah. It's. T- I want to say I don't really want to say Spider-Man. Ah, uh, yeah. It's it's really just I'm gonna be honest. It's really just No Way Home because it's No Way Home and because it's what? like it's the last. I think No is. Way well, Home is arguably the weakest movie of those three in a lot of ways. A lot. Well, I'd say Far From Home is the weakest personally. Fair enough. But that's I fair. like Far From but, Home a lot. Well, well, even regardless of your point, that feeds into my point anyway. Larger point of that, I think it's between Captain America trilogy because mm-hmm. I mean you can't beat Winter Soldier and Civil War. Those are like fucking unbeatable. And the Guardians. So I it's, think so it's too. tough. I think so I, I, a big strength of the Guardians movies is that they stand pretty much alone. Although you obviously need the context of Avengers for this third one to make sense. 
but mm-hmm. the first two in particular are very self-contained. This whole side of the MCU is still very much kind of self-contained. So I like all of that. I think that the right. uh, the impact, like the emotional kind of stuff in these movies, you know, the fact that it's one guy who's done the whole thing, you know, mm. we have these really good character arcs across the whole thing. I think it's super strong. I think a lot of that applies to the Captain America one as well, though, because right. you had the same writers on uh, on the all three of them. So, you know, there is obviously the Captain America movies get bigger as they go. Right. When we right, yeah. get into the Winter Soldier and then, of course, Civil War is like next level. Massive. Yeah. But also a lot of the same core stuff of like Captain America and Bucky are at the center of a lot of that. So I don't know. I think there is an argument to be made either way. Like you said, I mean, I very much love the Winter Soldier. It's, it's maybe still like among my favorites. And Civil War is also, I think, really great. Even the first Captain America is super strong, I think, for what it is. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the Guardians trilogy is also... I think they're very solid. Very solid. I think the heart, right, is like it's very much oh, there with these ones in a way that it rarely, rarely achieves. The MCU does. With the other one, I um, like I I cried at Guardians too, man. At the end, real tears. I didn't cry, oh, but it's tears. emotional. I didn't cry at this one because it was more happy. I was like, it's all right, man, no one I've, dies, I've, so I'm okay. <laughs> if they'd killed Peter Quill, I definitely would have cried. You'd have, you'd have wept. <laughs> I think I would have wept, wept, wept openly. For Peter. So absolutely, but yeah, I I think I think the argument could be made best comic maybe best comic book trilogy period. Fuck you, Chris Nolan. Oh yeah, what about well hold on, what about Venom? <laughs> I guess well, I guess we be, don't know yet. Yeah, I mean it won't. Uh, Venom three would be the worst fucking movie we've ever seen. Even but, if Venom you know. three was the best movie I've ever seen, I don't know if that could redeem it. Right? Even if somehow oh, against, oh like we watch it and we just are blown away. We're right? Just, we, we're, we're Frank Reynolds at the end of season thirteen of Sunday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I get it. Just this was fun. Speechless. I don't know if that can redeem the first two. Unless, yeah, retroactively, it's like, oh, I understand all what they meant all along. Oh, I get it now. I get it. I don't see that happening. Personally, no. but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? So yeah, really solid movie. Really solid trilogy. Um, did you see what James Gunn said this week? I don't think I he said something about. Um, he's like, I'm hoping we're going to do a good, good thing the next like, you know, 10 or so years with the DC movies here. He's like, you know, tell some stories about love and humans and caring for each other and all that. And he said something to the effect of like, I'm not a, like, you know, I can't do anything with science. I can't get into politics. So like the one thing I can do in life is, you know, for the planet is to try to make stories about loving each other kind of thing. Mm. And of course people find a way to take offense to that. No, oh, Jesus. Because they were like, oh, this is just him saying there's not going to be any science or politics in his Marvel, or his, his DC movies. They're all just going to be s- surface level bullshit. Some, uh, what, it, what the f- what? The Snyderverse remains. It was something like, the Snyderverse is truly unique. We'll never have it again. Some, uh. <laughs> it's like, first of all, you're a goober to act like the Snyderverse are the only movies that have ever <laughs> had allegory in them. <laughs> Yeah, the first one to ever reference the Bible. Second of all, that's not what he said. <laughs> that's not what he said at all. How could you be so brain dead? What? It, that is so foolish. I'm. It's truly angered me that, that someone would be like, <laughs> "Sorry." Oh, yep. Sorry, Jack. I didn't, uh, I didn't mean to upset you. I hate Twitter. That's so like. Leave it. Leave, that's like a caricature. That's like a like something you'd make a joke of, being like just the most like nicest 
not any kind of thing tweeting like, well, I can't do all the all these things, but you know what? I'll do what I can do best is help the world in the way that I can. Something that like is a theme of so many movies I've seen, but you know, the internet somehow is like, this means he doesn't want to try and make a bad movie. No, that's the opposite of what he just said. That is the direct opposite of what James Gunn is implying with that sentence. I, I think so, but uh, what do I know? What do we know? We're clearly into like surface level storytelling. I guess. I guess. But I what I'm I saying, what I wanted to say is that I'm very excited for what he might do with those because like I said, he's showing very very much still has it. And oh yeah, absolutely. Probably does the best of almost anyone working in this type of you know genre of, of filmmaking, which is like we got the fun action, you know, comic book stuff. He's happy to do like a bunch of deep cut goofy characters right from the mm-hmm. comics you know but then he also has the heart and the comedy i don't know he just does it all i feel like you know i mean the suicide squad was the same way right that movie has some oh, genuinely yeah. like impactful emotional moments and is also like star you is the main villain i mean who the fuck would have thought right yeah little fucking starro the big starfish that takes you over your mind great shit so um good for him he's probably gonna make the best superman movie ever Probably. I mean, just, no Henry Cavill, though? Just give Henry Cavill back. Nah, that's all right. Dude, he's like 40 now. How, how, how long can he be? Come on. We got to, at a certain point, you got to get a new guy. I guess that's fair. That makes me sad. Anyway. Do you think we're about ready? I think we're about ready. We've probably rambled on enough. Great so, movie. Is it the best movie. Marvel movie? No. Is it the best one since Endgame? But it's Endgame? up there. Best one since Endgame? Mm-hmm. Probably. You know what I mean. One of the best. I, I say fucking, I say fuck No Way Home. I don't even know if it's a good movie. It's probably not a good And the movie. internet's come around, I feel like, lately. People have soured on have it. They've turned on it. Okay, thank God. We've always turned on it. Let it be known that we've always If you listen to our it. episode, we're like, this was a lot of fun, but is it even a film? <laughs> yeah. And hey, I'll have you know, Jeff's also on our side. That's our doing. He was like, something was missing from this movie, but everyone said they love it. I go, Jeff, don't even worry. I also thought something was weird. He goes, thank God. It's barely a film. It's it's barely a film. It's a vehicle to make a billion dollars. Now, granted, I loved every minute of that part, but that's not a movie make. Precisely. Cameos is not a movie make, Marvel. That's right. All right. What do you want to pivot into? All right. Let's take a tech out of that into... We do trailers, Dave, or Barry? We can do trailers. Let's do trailers. So a little trailer trash. Trailer cash. I can take out of that. Uh, so if we can start with, we got Dune and we got Hunger Games. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And Snakes. Which is the spinoff novel to, the pre- spinoff prequel to The Hunger Games. Um, we've read The Hunger Games, right? Yeah, years ago. I've seen the first two movies, um, but I don't know. I've never read this. I've been inclined to sometimes. I've thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I like those first two movies, and... I remember at the time getting really kind of excited for him, but then the books end poorly, I feel. Um, but yeah, we're talking I about agree. it, right? And how much of that is real and how much of it is worth 13? But I also don't know that, like, no offense, but is Suzanne Collins actually like some kind of literary master? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say because I've never heard about her since. I think it'd be fun if we read him again, maybe prior to this. So we'll see. But um, this trailer is for this, this mm-hmm. story, right? It takes place prior to all that it's a again as a prequel is want to do <laughs> and it's prone to do it as far as uh what's his name uh peter dinklage no, well sure peter dinklage is there not starring oh what's his name i don't know his name well his name is I'll something snow i was trying to be cheeky and oh. think of the guy who uh plays him in 
the other movies. The Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, but it's I think the tenth Hunger Games. Yes, the tenth. And it's about how yeah, it's about how Snow as like a child is like a sponsor for the hung, uh, one of the one of the tributes. I think from District Twelve as well, right? Yeah. And uh, what 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 all happens there? I don't know. I mean, I've not read the book, so so it's kind of fucked. They did it all, but you know that's how it goes. That is how it goes. It is fucked. I mean, that's kind of the whole the point of the whole series, right? Yeah. So um, I don't know. This it looks interesting. Uh, Donald Sutherland. That's who <laughs> plays him in the <laughs> in the movies. Okay. Uh, it's like I think it's a little weird the world that they've built here aesthetically. Um, I get the idea that like, look, it, it's the past, right? But it's just it's such a weird universe. <laughs> the Hunger Games is a lot of um young adult fiction of this time, and the Hunger Games set off like a real a real renaissance of it, right? Yeah. Of like dystopian, uh, you know, young adult fiction and uh, a lot of them i think have worlds that are not super well thought out let's say <laughs> yeah not if you take even a second to think about it go wait a minute and i think perhaps that applies to this as well um i do think it's weird like why why do they have like they're dressed like it's the 20s or something right yeah they are. My, underst- in zoot suit. my understanding was it always took place in the future but then they have these weird like you you mentioned like the tvs and like the microphones it all feels so so rusty yeah like they're they're going for a very intentional aesthetic and i don't know if it really makes sense but i guess it just looks cool and you know maybe i'm overthinking mm. it it may think it harder than shuzan khan's ever did that's kind of what i'm saying i guess because <laughs> it's like he's got it, well just it's weird then when you have like the the hunger games era where they're doing they have like hover ships and fucking they're all wearing like stormtrooper armor and stuff i don't know it's yeah. weird what kind of technology they do and don't have or shouldn't shouldn't have access to, but I don't know. I think nuclear war is involved, so who knows what that did? To oh, everyone. Yeah. They live in like dystopian America, I think. That's yeah, America. They all live in, yeah, isn't it? I hope it better be. I don't know what I'm gonna do if it's not. It, it's called Pan M, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Like it's it's like a something America. It's yeah, sovereign state. A series of ecological disasters and a global conflict brought about the collapse of modern civilization. The situation in North America considering of a federal district, the capital. Where's the capital, you think? I think it's in, isn't it in like um, LA or something? Oh, you think so? I thought, well, I think, well, I don't know. I think the way I thought of it was like the districts like go like in a line from the capital. That doesn't make a ton of sense, I guess. Because I know District 12 is like in Appalachia because they mine coal. True. Is it the, one of the districts is located in the western mountainous section of the, former Northern America. North America, sorry. Um, it could be somewhere near like Utah. Denver? Yeah, the, the Rockies. Rockies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, potentially Salt Lake City. They're Mormons. <gasps> we should have known. Damn them. They can't be trusted. But yeah. Um, what's her names in this movie, right? The, uh, lady from What's Your Face? Zegler. Uh, West Side Story. West Side Story. She's getting somewhere. Also, she was in something recently we watched. Yeah, she was in Shazam 2. Right. Right. She was the best villain in that movie, I think. So yeah. Rachel Zegler. <laughs> she's great it's good she's getting work i think yeah i mean being in a steven spielberg oscar nominated movie will do that too you would hope then again sometimes yeah. not <laughs> hollywood that doesn't what will i was a beast hollywood can be hard so she have been spit you out yeah absolutely but it's cool she's gets she's doing like genre stuff i mean i think it's cool yeah i'm, I'm a fan be of a fucking uh, hunger games movie or whatever yeah. she's like the katniss i guess 
the new uh, old Katniss. I think it's weird that she's like tre- treading the exact same ground, right? Down yeah, to like, like... <laughs> she's from District Twelve and everything. Like you couldn't, you couldn't do a little bit of uh, something different. Your district like eleven or ten. Yeah. I don't go that far. Just away. Show something different. Like flesh out your word a little bit more. But you're like, nah, that place I already wrote a bunch about. I think that'll do. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, I've already got all the notes here. I don't need to so, make up new things. She's got an accent, though. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I uh, just didn't have one of them. It's it sucks in this movie that we know that nothing will actually change. Just everything's just gonna get much worse until it gets a little better, maybe. <laughs> maybe, but may, maybe not though. End of the end of the third book. Um, that is how prequels go, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like Tony, but as Tony Gilroy said, we're all gonna die, so that's a prequel. <laughs> Whatever that unhinged madman said before Andor came out. Exactly. And we like Andor, exactly. so. So who cares? Journey before destination That's and all right. that. We're going to, I guess, get some kind of ham handed explanation. Well, I mean, not ham handed. I don't know. I'm being weirdly. <laughs> Ham fisted. I'm being weirdly antagonistic about this film for some reason. Yeah, that's my job. Don't take my job. I'm the one who's antagonistic towards films. Um, well, actually, that's the next movie. I'll do. I'll be to the next trailer. Okay. I'll be okay. Good. Antagonistic towards. But you and I both get the sense that they're gonna like somehow try to uh, I don't know humanize President Snow in this to be like maybe he um, has the reason. That's yeah. stupid. <laughs> Very dumb because he's in these. Because what is he twenty in this? So then he's gonna spend the next. 40 years being the worst like 60 like the next right yeah i don't even know the worst man you've ever seen just running a horrible horrible you know authoritarian regime and yeah (laughs) for what because he was sad when he was 20 maybe (laughs) yeah just i'm a little bummed out this time because it seems like they're gonna have some kind of relationship maybe or maybe not i can't tell i don't think i'm gonna read the book you know i'll preserve the surprise for myself yeah of course but like what could is there anything is there any kind of explanation that could come out of this that would be satisfying as to why he turns out the way he does no i think it's all just going to be like oh my gosh this my love of my life from district 12 died and so i decided to kill children for 50 i decided i would continue the tradition where the children died (laughs) yeah something that scarred me for life i will that's how it feels right i mean that's what i would guess right is that like oh she's gonna die and then it's gonna be sad for him but then why why you do the things you did? Why do any of that? Piece of shit. But whatever. The absolute Good word. stuff. Henry Shavers in this as his sister. That's cool. Um they look they do look like siblings. They all look weird and I don't know. Oh yeah. They're all very blonde. Sure they, and like, do. they look like the gross capital people from the <laughs> No offense to them, but like they've got that vibe down. They got that vibe for sure. Unbeatable vibe. They cannot beat the allegations. The problem is, like, I guess the thing about it is that they're not going to be as bad as the Capitol, I guess, is the thing, right? Because they don't seem to have mm-hmm. quite the... Because they're still kind of recovering from the big war, I suppose. Yeah, but they got enough that they're still doing those Hunger Games. Yeah, but they don't have, like, the extreme opulence, it seems, right? Maybe? Mm-hmm. That thing they did in the first movie where they ate until they puked and then ate more. <laughs> Just oh, yeah, they love doing that. Viola Davis is in this. Like you said, Peter Dinklage is in it. Do you Have you seen the main guy in anything? Um, the which main guy? The guy who's playing S- Snow. No, I have not. I did not recognize. But his him. name's Tom Blythe. He was in the Gilded Age, I guess, and and he played. Was he Billy the Kid? He was Billy the Kid in a show about Billy the Kid. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Or he was in Rise, maybe. I got nothing. But uh, again, he's got the look down. I would say. For sure. For sure. Get to see some kids kill each other, I guess. So. 
That'll be Can't neat. In, the, in a, just a big arena, kind of. Yeah, maybe it seems less advanced. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're we're still working. We're still working on the kinks out here. <laughs> so they just kind of fight in a big br- arena. <laughs> Ooh. But uh, anyways, did you want to do the thing or what? Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna do so trailer trailer cash for me. I think it would be um old 1920s tech. That's always fun. No, that's my trash. I don't understand it. I don't know why your world is like this. It's weird. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me, Jack. So I say that's weird and trash. Trash. So uh, there well, it I'd is. Say, <laughs> I'd say my trash for it then is ooh, making uh, doing it for another 60 years after this. Yeah, yeah, that's that is kind of trash. <laughs> that's pretty awful. Or what is it? It's a tenth, so another. No, yeah, 65 years after it. Yeah, 65 years. Because it's 75 when Katniss gets there. Or 74. And 64 years. Oh, I thought it was 75 when she in the second book. Yeah, but this is the 10th one. Right, it would be 60 years. That's what I was saying. What? 64. What? Yeah. The first one is the 74th. This is 10. Yeah. So what did I say wrong? I, I, I'm i saying that I agree. I said the same thing that you did. Mm. I'm agreeing with you. We've agreed the whole time. All right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that we're both right. When is the war? <laughs> what is this? Hope, about at least 10 years before this. It just doesn't... Also, it's so strange. If, if the war was so bad, how did they regain so much power? I don't know. Because they bombed District 13? Is that is that why? Or when does District 13 go away? Yeah. The war. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This the war. The this war. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess we don't even know how long Penem has been a thing before that, though, right? Yeah. For all we know, it's been like a long, long time. Because, but the, like, you know, District 13, like, gets their nukes, right? Get some nuke. Yeah. I think that's why they are, they leave them alone. Because the capital knows they're not actually all dead, right? I think. Maybe. I, I don't, I truly don't remember. Hmm. 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 Yeah, I got nothing. Well, in any case, move on Agatech. from that one. Well, not really. I take but just the next trailer. And Dune, the rest of Dune Part 2, or the rest of Dune. Dune, Dune, the rest of Dune. Dune, we're doing, we're finishing Dune. Don't worry, guys. We finished the book. I didn't finish the book last time, but I finished it this time. I'm I'm Denny Villeneuve. <laughs> Can't even believe it. The book goes on after this. That wasn't the end of the book. Paul maybe has sex with his mom. Does he? <laughs> no, no. That was the thing going on on like Twitter after the movie came. Like the sexual tension here is so real. It's like what? <laughs> That's his mom. His whole family just died. Everyone they knew and loved were just killed in an attack. His dad was Oscar Isaac, and yeah. now he's dead. Now he's they killed him so quick. So, uh, so I mean, doing the rest of the doing right. I mean, yeah, it's not much. To, I mean, what a, it looks I'm great, gonna, man. I it like looks the great. one. I think this one looks really good too. I'm excited to, you know, finish it. All oh, the, the culmination of everything. He's going to be the mob or whatever. He's going to be the Kwisak Haderach. He's got his knife. He's riding a snake or a worm, whatever. <laughs> a big snake worm monster. He's, he's do, his, uh, Doing the spice. His mom's got those blue eyes. We're doing the spice too much. He's going to get the blue eyes. They're going to do all the spice. The sunrise is beautiful on my planet Arrakis, Jack. They're going to get the the spice melange. Oh, yeah. And then they're going to find Christopher Walken, God Emperor. No, he's the God Emperor. Yeah, he is. He's just the Emperor. Yeah, whatever. Same thing. Yeah, that's true. Austin Butler shaved his head. (laughs) And, yeah. Florence is in this one. I hope Austin Butler does the Elvis voice. That'd be great. Just can't let it go. I'm gonna get you. Oh, I'm here on Dune. Going to a wreckage. I'm gonna get you, Paul Trades, huh? Oh, Bella. Look at me dance. <laughs> yeah, I'm In the name of the Emperor, Paul Trades. <laughs> I'll send it to you to death. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
I'm gonna do some, I'm gonna do some prescription pills. Uh-huh. Um, God, I gotta take a shit. What the fuck? Whoa. So what's his name in this one again? Probably. Austin Butler. <laughs> well, Austin Butler's the Emperor's son, right? Is he? Or is he the Harkonnen's son? I think he's the Harkonnen because he's all, uh, he's bald and pale okay. and in that black armor. Okay. There's gotta be other Harkonnens though. Someone else was a Harkonnen, right? Um, uh, Dave Batista. Yeah, but he was in the last one. I, there was someone else in this one who's gonna be a Harkonnen. Who's gonna be another Harkonnen, I think. Does fucking what's his name get to come back? Who? Duncan Idaho. No, he doesn't come back to the next book. Bach. He's dead for this whole book, remember? Because he died. Because you have to finish the whole book of Dune. It feels like it's a whole other movie, but it shouldn't be. Well, there's a lot to do. I think it's fine. I think you shouldn't have cut your story in half. Oh my god. Wait, did the Baron die in the last one? I don't even remember. Well, he, no, he dies and he, he's gonna come back. The Baron. Okay. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> we gotta watch that other one again, I think. I. Ah, uh, who needs it? I can't find who's the other Harkonnen besides Austin Butler, who is a Harkonnen, according to this. Um, yeah, I don't know. We got Javier Bardem. He's back. He's Stilgar. Yeah, that's great. He's cool. I love him. Obviously, we're going to get lots more Zendaya in this one. Like we said, uh, Florence Pugh, oh, but she's boy. probably not going to be in it much. No, they're going to probably Zendaya her. Yes. The same kind of thing where she's going to show up at the end. She's going to be kind of scattered throughout and then at the very end. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in the book, there's like a it's like something like stuff from her journal or something is used as like a framing device, like epigraphs throughout the book. I don't Mm. know. I've not read it, but there's a lot of stuff where it's like from the journal of, you know, the princess of whatever. Right. So she, she's kind of telling the story, I think is the idea. And that's, we kind of see that throughout, even in this trailer where it's like, blah, 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 blah. I did this and that or whatever. And then um, she'll probably at the end be like, Hey, Paul Trades, what's up? Let's get married. Let's get married. I guess. Leah Cid- Who's she? She says she's Lady Margot. I don't know who that is. Yeah, me neither. It's the castle as well. Who's Tim Blake Nelson? He's a surprise character. Maybe he's the other Harkonnen. Who can say? I don't know who I was thinking of. I feel like I thought someone else notable was cast as someone else, but I guess I'm wrong. I guess it's just Austin Butler. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, so are you excited or what? Um, Not really. What do you mean? I didn't like the first one. What do you have against it? It's boring. It's, it's not so boring. They did. Ha- yes, it is. I guarantee. I bet you money. It is. Watch it again. There's big worms and shit. They do a whole okay. war where they kill his family. They like attack them in the night. Yeah. Well, whatever. It looks really good. I didn't. I. I. The, the sound is really cool. The music's great. The visuals are incredible. The sandworms look cool. But he he did half a book. He did half a book, man. I'm not gonna pat him on the back for doing half a book. All right, I won't. I won't do it. It's I, a long I, I, thing, though. I think it's fine. I just, it's, I, I did not find it very interesting when I watched it, yeah. and I wanted to like it. I didn't go. I didn't do my thing I normally do with DC movies. I'm like, this is gonna suck. I was like, I'm. It's Dune. It looks great. I'm gonna see it. I was disappointed by Dune. All right. Well, I'm excited. I think, and that's the duality good. of man. That is the duality of man. I guess. Um, should be sweet. Do you think there's any chance that having it all completed will be satisfying to you? Because I feel like I remember you said that like there's a lot of setup in this last one, so now this one gets to be payoff, and so it should be more exciting, shouldn't it? Uh, in theory, yes. So I'm hoping it is. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in hoping, but like, all right, everything's gonna get paid off. So maybe I'll just have to watch Tune again because I don't remember any of the setups. There you go. That I would talked about. Maybe I'll listen back. You I don't even remember what the Quizacharak was. You fool. Oh, whatever. I don't think half of America did. Well, no. <laughs> what? Go tell, go, tell, go tell Middle America who watches. They don't remember. No one remembers. Did Middle America watch 
Dune one? I doubt it. What do you think of the what do you think of the allegations or whatever that this is the this is our generation's Lord of the Rings? You can shut the that? fuck up. No, it's not. That's not true. Shut up. Why not? Because Lord of the Rings is a the first one is a finished. It's not half of a book. It's a third of a trilogy of books. They do the whole book in one. That book's long. They do the whole book in one, and it's good. All right. Don't even start with me. Don't even don't even do that. I hate people. We've got people who said that like Infinity War is our generation's Revenge of the uh, Revenge of the Sith. Nope. I'm sorry. Emperor Strikes Back. No, it's not. Shut up. That's not what that is. You're, you're boiling the you're boiling Infinity War down too much, and you're and you're putting too much on Empire Strikes Back. All right. Watch Just it. Stop. Steady. No, I'm not, now hold on. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. That's not, that's not anything but the quality of either of those films. Mm. I'm saying they're two different things, and they can stay as they are. I like Empire Strikes Back. All right. I, I should hope so. I didn't think you didn't until just now. Now I'm what? wondering. Now I'm wondering, Jack. Could it be higher than Rogue One in any ranking? That remains to be seen. But I still like it. <laughs> it's a better film than Rogue One. Empire Strike. You're mad. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say. Uh, I don't know. Austin Butler's pretty funny. He's <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Um, I, I like all the. T- I like the way they talk. You know, I love some fantasy. Sci-fi, yeah. just bullshit. Power <laughs> speak. You yeah. know, I love it. So when he's all like, "May they, may they blade chip and shatter or whatever," that's pretty dope. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited. I like Javier Bardem. He's fun. Yeah, he's great. Javier Bardem's always him. fun. He'll be in a genre thing. He don't care. I don't care. He was. He was the only one. Of the only parts I liked about the James Bond movies. He's fucking watch it, Jack. <laughs> I <laughs> James you Bond know always catching not. strays from you. Or not even strays. You just deliberately will 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 change your that's aim. A, that's a bullet. I'll shoot I'll James. Blast Bond. away at James Bond every now and again. Why? Why do you have to do this? Keep it on the low. Keep, keep it's know where we all stand. Great. That's a great movie, regardless of Javier Bardem's inclusion. He's a he's a great part of that movie. I love his speech about the rats. The rats. He talks about the rats. Good stuff. So yeah, I think this was a was a very cash trailer, Jack, and nothing you can say will dissuade me. Well, darn it. I'll get it next time. Next time. Um, is that all the trailers we got? Did you want to talk about Sonny briefly? Sure. We can just briefly say. We don't have to say anything. Um, no, so, that kind of trailer, is it? Yeah. It's not no, that not kind of show. No. But uh, So Always Sunny, season 16, out June 7th. So we'll be talking about another sunny season sooner than we expected, truthfully. Yeah, I mean, this is how they get you, I guess. They just don't tell you anything for a while, and you're like, fuck, I guess it's never coming out. But then they're just like, actually, we were just being being sneaky. It's coming out right away. Which, like, we've talked about. I don't know why It's Always Sunny is the type of show that has fallen under this, like, once every other year kind of release schedule because it's just a fucking low-budget like comedy. Network, yeah, sitcom. Which like, and we like it very much. Don't get me wrong, but it's just not got the same kind of. It's not Dune. It's not Dune. It's not uh, House of the Dragon. It's not. Yeah, it's just not the same kind of situation. So, but hey, that's fine. Um, this was fun. I mean, it's gonna be funny. I mean, again, it's not that kind of trailer. It's just clips from yeah. the show. But, uh, we got Aaron Paul and yeah, it's um, Brian Cranston. They're appearing. I wonder if Brian Cranston directed any of these episodes because I know he directs sometimes. He directs a lot of Breaking Bad. And he directed some comedy up, ep- some of uh, Modern Family. So I mean, he's I mean, he started as a comedy actor, so I'm sure he'd be good at it. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm excited. Should be great. Uh, what yeah, funny stuff a, in here. I like, know they've. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say. Um, I've been listening to the Sunny podcast. Um, and they were talking about that's when I when they first were like, oh, the season's coming out in June. 
and uh, they're like, oh, a character is going to appear that we've only referenced once way back in season one. So that's exciting. People think it's probably like Charlie's sister. Oh, it's like a, that was an offhand comment. I don't even remember from like season one that they make and they never bring it up again. And they're going to like oh. we they're going to bring this character back. So that'd be cool. Yeah. See the McPoyles. Oh, yes. We see um, Gail the Snail. Gail the Snail. Yeah, they're doing like a girls night out bowling thing. Seemingly. Mm-hmm. Maybe in like a, some kind of bowling league. Um, I'm just I'm literally laughing right now. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. I like the joke where he's like, "We have a bathroom." It's pretty good. Yeah. Pissing in cans, Charlie. Uh, I was in cans. cans. I like when he ate all the nickels. Why is it going off my stomach? He ate all those nickels. Really <laughs> full of nickels. I also like when he was like, "We know what inflation is," but for the sake of argument, <laughs> pretend that we don't. <laughs> oh, I love a good economics. Dennis and Mac don't understand economics. That's hilarious. Always good. Um, really, when they don't understand anything. Oh, yeah. And, and anytime uh, they're revealed for not being as smart as they think they are, is usually good. It's a peak thing of comedy. Oh, 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 the last thing when Dennis punches the <laughs> like cart, arcade thing is, I've broken every single bone in my hand and I'm about to scream because I cannot hold it any longer. And then he just does. He just starts screaming. A great Dennis guttural <laughs> scream, just like looking at his broken hand. Great. Love it. I mean, anyone yeah. who listens knows. We love this show. So Yeah, it's great. Good on him. God bless him. God bless. All right. That's a that's a cash trailer for sure. That's all I'll say. Oh, absolutely. Um you ready? Yeah, that's where I'm ready. So let's get let's hack a tech out. Let's do pivot. Big pivot, Jack. Big pivot into another sitcom. Dave. Well, Dave's sitcom. Yeah. Really a sitcom. <laughs> it's definitely a sitcom. It's not, yeah, a, it's not a drama. I mean, let's be that's true. Yeah. It is pretty situational. And uh, and at times, dare I say it, comedic. Comedic. Uh, so Dave, episode six, five? Sure. I think it's five. Five or six. No, I think it's uh, six, well, isn't it? <laughs> I wish I knew. I'm trying to think now. doesn't matter. Hold, it's called hold on, I'll find it. Rip Little Dicky. It's Rip Little Dicky. Uh, it is episode six. I got I got our list of episodes pulled up. So I wrote, okay, episode six, Rip Little Dicky. I was right. So them on the tour bus. We see like clips of like the documentary that Emma's shooting that like kind of are cut together about how he's like, I kind of hate all my fans and like this joke about my name has kind of gone too far and I hate it. I kind of hate what I've made and I want to stop. And he's canceling the tour and uh, that's a big old breach of contract. So his label is pissed off at him and like the like head of the label or some big shot like uh, Mike or not Mike, Nick, someone, whoever. Keith is his name. Um, is like, we're not happy. You owe us a bunch of money because you're breaching contract. We're going to drop you. Um, and they're like, oh, crap, this is happening. And at the same time, they like stop the bus because their engine's on the fritz. And then the bus, they're on the bus, blows up. Literally explodes. <laughs> just explodes and sets fire. And uh, no one, obviously, no one dies because it's not, it's Dave. No one's going to die in a bus explosion. Yeah. Um, and they have to walk all the way back, walk through, de- they're in Death Valley, Nevada. So they have no service. They're walking all the way through the desert. And as they're walking, they abandon their bus and other things. Um, a jeep pulls up with these two guys and they see the bus the burning bus they're like oh my god like this bus is exploded who's this little dicky guy and they see the legs of his weird like bottom half sex doll and they think it's that he's dead so everyone thinks that little dicky's dead um so that's kind of like the the start of the episode that's the whole setup and basically Mm -hmm. they realize that this is good for business as often happens um in real life like when an artist dies all of a sudden they're more popular than ever and again, it's kind of inadvertent. They didn't intend for this, but 
they realize that they can capitalize upon it. Um, yeah, they can get they can recoup all the money they've lost. Like Mike starts going. It's a very Mike centric episode, which yeah, I'm glad yeah. for. I always like these. Um, Mike like goes into overdrive. He's like, we need to play. If we play this right, we can get everything you've ever wanted. Like this is our ticket up. Like we need to play this. We gotta ride this out as long as we can. A uh, uh, what is it? I'm drunk. It's gonna be a number yeah. one song on the Billboard charts for that week. Penis is gonna be a number one album. It's it's got big potential. Yeah. And um, but the whole time, Dave's like, this feels wrong though. Like I'm not dead though. I shouldn't be hiding this. Like, isn't this lying? Mm-hmm. And Mike's like, no, we're not lying because we haven't said anything. There's no narrative that we're pushing. Yeah. This but- is what other people have said. Obviously, as they keep going, that kind of gets more and more tenuous, right? Yeah, Mike starts kind of pushing the boundaries of what isn't pushing a label. Exactly. I mean, he goes so far as to impersonate a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He he definitely gets a little crazy. Um, yeah. Then um, we also see what's going on with him more so. Like, we kind of got inklings of this last season, and it's more flushed out fully, which is that his dad has Alzheimer's, and so him and his brother are having to take care of him, and he's wanting to set his dad up in a home in L.A., and uh, that obviously you would imagine is going to be somewhat money intensive. So, you know, mm-hmm. potentially part of his motivation here is to really like cash out. Uh, and also they owe the label a lot of money, which they might be on the, on the, like, you know, yeah. On the, for the bill for, especially if they cancel the tour, mm. they have no way to recoup it basically. which kind of makes sense that between last season, when we saw that the la- the, the label didn't want to really support penis very much and it didn't do very well. Now this, like, their thing is that they uh they get in that upfront contract right um mm-hmm. in season yeah. one for like three hundred grand and they've not really recouped that <laughs> no they've not made their money back and it's like you know they're referencing all the different uh fiascos throughout the show right between uh yeah, the jail song jail and <laughs> the Korea song that he botched just everything botched Davis botched around the world. <laughs> Mm-hmm, yeah, when they he decided to not do the VM the peanut songs at the VMA, which for us was like a big victory. Everyone's like, "Oh, look at he did it, we got Gata." And then, but now we've learned that his label's like fucking Gata. You didn't promote your songs, everything. And yeah, like oh. Gator, like they don't, yeah, yeah. His name, like, who is this guy? Um, but yeah, not only like helps Dave these all these streams is that like how how uh, he, Mike gets everyone else on board. He's like, listen, if not only are you blowing up, but Gate is blowing up, Els is blowing up, and so is Emma. Like all the stuff that you're associated with is getting more eyes because they're associated with you. So it's like it's not just for your good. Think of everyone else. That's yeah. how Mike kind of gets them on board. All like, of them are going to benefit, basically. From yeah, that. the rising tide carries all ships, as it were. Um, and Dave doesn't have his Adderall, so he has to go a little crazy and starts talking to Anne Frank. Apparently, which yeah. he imagines Anne Frank, yeah, being there. And he describes like modern day amenities to her. Yeah. This is this imagined figment of Anne Frank in his mind somehow is like, it's bizarre. It's just weird. Cause she knows things that he doesn't know somehow, but then he knows things she doesn't know. And it's like, it's all in his head. So why doesn't Anne Frank know that there's a diary? It's, it's I mean, it's bizarre. Yeah. It truly defies explanation. Really? <laughs> That's okay. Uh, though. But I did, um, I did like why Anne Frank is there. I did like, I mean, all the weird stuff is just kind of throw you off. But if you actually look at what she says, like, well, more people is more scrutiny. And like the whole thing with the diary freak out, I think is to show like, oh, well, she she had no control over and someone just they know everyone knows her life and she doesn't like that. Absolutely. So it's just like, well, 
everybody sees me, if everyone is looking at me, what yeah. is it going to be? Like, what's going to happen here? That's the dichotomy he's kind of working with. Is that on the one hand, he wants the fame and the fortune. On the other hand, he doesn't want. Yeah, he can't even he can't even handle the amount of people who see him right now. Yeah. Just tough. It's a common thing. I know. Um, What's his name is a song that's about that. I think a lot of dudes probably do, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Eminem, that's what I was thinking of. Oh yeah. In fact, I guess I was gonna. I was trying to pick up one, but there's like 15 different songs probably that are all the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so it's interesting. You know, I can't say I would disagree. I mean, who, who would want to deal with that, right? But at the same time, this is his whole thing. Is it like he wants to be the biggest artist in the world and all that? So it's complicated, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of things going on, a lot of nuance, and then um. We kind of end the episode. I, I thought, well, uh, we'll do the end. I'll, I'll save my what I was about to say. We end the episode where they're like driving in like a van because like we have to keep. Mike's like we gotta stay on the move. We have to like keep moving, um, so no one can like catch up to us and like expose our lie, um, but he's perpetuating. And then he's like, he's stay, Dave is still awake and he's like talking to Dave and he's all kind of hyped up. He's like, oh yeah, read that like Destiny Manifesto to me right now. Like we're about to do it. Like he's really on board. He's kind of riding high kind of being all manic like gata would be um and emma wakes up and like records dave without him realizing it like saying all this stuff out loud like reading all this and dave kind of has a moment where he's like oh like i think i'm i'm not doing this the way i want to like isn't the path i want to take to get to the top i need to do it my own way mm-hmm. and it ends with him just kind of revealing these alive by just sitting on a and like a i assume a college campus just kind of waiting to be recognized or, or a park somewhere I don't know. you know it looks like la very la <laughs> Yeah, very LA place. Who knows what they got going on out there? Yeah, probably some quinoa shop or whatever. <laughs> yeah, get them, Jack. Get them. Yeah, I got them. Got them. They're different than us. They live a different way. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, he reveals, and everyone's like, hey, look at your life. And he dabs on him. Or no, he doesn't dab. He, he, he whips. whips? And Frank do? whips for him. And Frank whips for him. <laughs> and he whips, and he whips back, but there's no end, Frank. Everybody freaks out. I guess they're on board with the whip for some reason. Oh, maybe it is a college yeah, but, campus. Oh, no, this is Grand Park. Who fucking knows? It's both. It's a combination. Maybe it's a park at this college campus. But they're on board. I, I mean, they seem to be cool with it. <laughs> yeah, they're really going hard. So maybe this will work out. Who knows? I don't think it will. I think it might blow up in his face a little bit. I think it'll work out, but it won't be the way he wants it to. Maybe. We know they're going to the Met Gala next week. So that kind of feels like a, a in in uh, increase. Yeah, movement of fortune. I don't know. That's a big step up. I feel for Dave. So yeah, maybe it'll all work out. Hope, here's hoping. Here's hoping. What was the other thing you were gonna say? Oh, I don't remember. What was my setup for that? I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> I was talking about the was it the van. Maybe. I don't remember. You didn't expect it to go. Like you didn't know how it was gonna go. Oh thought, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I thought that Dave was gonna blow it for himself. So I was like, this is the kind of like this. Dave is there from the show where like. He gets like I I just tell one more person and he's like telling more and more people that oh, he, yeah, the yeah. things you need to and it just expands out. Um, but he didn't, which I was surprised in about. Um, but I think it's good just to be like Dave's kind of secondary. He's like, oh, LeBron's listening, so he's like, I gotta that, like that's kind of keeping him grounded. Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, well if I I can't blow this because I'm getting I'm getting exactly what I want. Oh so, yeah, um, what's her name? Calls him. Robin calls him. Yeah, Robin. Freaking. Uh, what's her name? Jesus. Trying to know her name. Whatever. Daisy from fucking Agents of Shield. Yeah. <laughs> she calls him and she's distraught. That that seems to be one of the moments where he's like, ooh. Because again, he's clearly like not only online fans or whatever, but 
people he knows real in his life. real life are like worried that he's dead and that's that's not fair no yeah you can't just do that to people can't make them go through this grief yeah so we'll see how that all plays out i was kind of surprised that i mean maybe that's the only other time she'll be relevant but i was even kind of surprised that that happened so maybe she'll show up in the future or not i don't know but mm. yeah so uh I guess the tour's done though, regardless. So yeah, they kind of got over. their way on that one, it would seem. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is, yeah, going forward. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. He's talked before about how, like, basically this character of him in this show is like bigger than he is in real life and how that kind of works. And it's <laughs> oh, like weird. They're just kind of increasing. Oh, yeah. The chasm is, <laughs> is growing. That must be a weird kind of thing to have to have like yeah. three kind of personas like yourself the stage persona when you perform music and then the guy you wrote in yeah. the show who are all kind of the same and kind of different right yeah this way don't make shows about yourself i think <laughs> it's hard yeah it seems like you just shouldn't do it i mean he can he, his whole thing as well though is that it is all true or so much of it is true and that he really just is like that but again how can we know i don't know him yeah i'll never know him, maybe maybe <laughs> i think it's i very confident we'll never know him actually jack yeah i'm probably. sorry to say he'll die soon anyway even when we get to hollywood we're not going to run in the same circles is all no that's true we, we, he's more music and television we'd be more movies exactly we'd be making big yeah. films so he's not yeah, he doesn't so. really would be too good for him is what i'm saying yeah we'd be higher class you're right i didn't think about that yeah you wouldn't want to lower yourself to his level is all oh maybe TV. we see party like we would wave perhaps you know give him a little bit he, he would come over to us but i wouldn't know him i would never know i no. would dare to know him no no and he'd be lucky if we even like looked his way correct, i think at correct. that point exactly. of course yeah, yeah you get it oh yeah of course but yeah canoes would be fun good show oh yeah not just definitely like i like it it's a good time all right what's next uh next would be barry i could take into barry all righty so this is episode four Another season. Another fucking dense one, dude. Dense one. A lot of dense. So Barry, has, uh, so the last episode, he escapes from prison. In this episode, he does not appear until the very, very end. I like that. Um, I like that, too. I think that was good. And we get everyone kind of, all the fallout, everyone finding out, and everyone kind of freaking out. Everyone falls apart this one, basically. Yeah. For, di- well, for, for different reasons, but it's yeah. chaos. So I like, I think I want to start with, oh, no, Sally was last episode. She's the ag teacher now. Yeah. I forgot. Her, like, the yelling. Um, but yeah, so she's on the set with her new acting student, whose name I forget. Yeah, and she's on like a big Hollywood set, like some superhero esque movie. Uh, she comes out and she can't, she can't seem to do the speech, and so she runs off. She like can't have the confidence, and then Sally just kind of tries to steal it from her in front of the director. Yeah, like just blatantly. Yeah, and it's so like, cringe. Right. The show is so cringe at times. Do you find it cringe? Yeah. I it was hard to get through that. All right, glad we I'm agreed. Glad. She can't do it. I know that's not, I'm not completely unique for having a tar- tough time with like secondhand embarrassment type comedy, but God, I just don't love yeah. it. That's why I don't like The Office. That's why I can never really get in. Cause it's like, it's, that's kind of the comedy it goes for, which, yeah. you know, I can respect, but it's just not for me. It's not my kind of comedy. It's the, um, I mean, everyone says it, but it is mostly the first season of that one, you know? Yeah, that's true. Cause the first season they're doing, I think a lot of cases direct, um, jokes from the british office i was gonna say yeah i think they're doing like almost remakes for some of those episodes and british humor they always say is like that mm. but whatever it's always like you're making fun of the guy yeah but i'm because it's like no one i mean the, the show could just be called like no one leaves good enough alone the show yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just leave it alone just stop please there's a good thing going here this could be and the and the even when the guy 
this is later, but the uh, her manager is talking to Sally, and she's like, he's like, we could give you seventy grand a movie to to help her for this, and it's like that's incredible. That's a great yeah. living, surely, right? If she gets to do You're two doing minimal work a year, maybe let's say, especially if this movie, right? Mm. Didn't she say she has only like the one or two scenes? Oh yeah, it's just that you're just jumping around helping this girl do movies, get se- getting seventy grand. That's a life anyone would be happy with. Oh, absolutely. But instead, it's like, well, I need to be the star, and you got to be all cringe and embarrass yourself in front of the director of Coda. Embarrassing, Sally. <laughs> Embarrassing. Uh, I did like how the agent was like, "Well, I know what you were trying to do," and that, and I can respect that, frankly. It's <laughs> great. But, that guy, that guy was fun. Yeah. Oh, he's like, "Oh, you're you're an entitled vagina woman." Uh, you were in a lot of inboxes, <laughs> sure that like she was just blacklisted by everyone. Good stuff. Um, but she definitely deserved. Um, and then she finds out Barry escapes, and the her acting student is like, "You shouldn't go back to your house. Um, your murderer ex boyfriend escaped." She's like, "No, I think I'm good." And she's like, "What? Are you crazy?" <laughs> That's yeah. she's like, "No." Nah. And then she goes and finds him. Uh, we'll we'll wait on that. Sure. Kusanau is in the mountains, not because of the Barry thing, as it turns out, but because of last week when he was like spilling the beans and talking to the press. What's his name? Jim? Jim Moss. Jim was like, go hide up in the mountains. And his son is also like, yeah, this is for the best. And his yeah, and lawyer, the agent takes agent him up there too. It's like, you just chill. How about? Um, and he he's having a he's having a hard one. Yeah. Like, is, I'm this, the door done. is that supposed to be his um one from the first season? Yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. I don't think it's the same building. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe it's just the angle they're shooting it from. Maybe it is. But yeah. Now he's got his gun. And that obviously goes poorly. I can't imagine what the ramifications from that one are going to fucking be. They don't really follow well, up I, on it, but yeah, I hope it's I hope it's not as terrible as I'm imagining. Yeah, I don't know. It could be anything. I I just hope they do something. Yeah, when they never followed up in this episode, I'm like, did that guy just kind of go home, and we're not going to follow up on that? <laughs> he did shoot a man, but yeah, that's fine, I guess. Uh, and that's all and we that, see from him, right? Yeah, well, shoots his son. I think we got to remember. Oh, was it his son? Yeah, that was his son. Oh, I'm a, I'm an idiot. Yeah, it was his son who brought him the thing that he asked him for when he left. Yeah. He's like, can I get the cafe, whatever? And so he was bringing it to him. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's his son. Cause he, he. Oh my god, that makes way more sense. Yeah, you thought it was just some random guy. Well, I thought it was a delivery guy. Oh, right, that makes sense. He just because he was like, it. do you think I could get it delivered? Right, right. Okay, I can no, see no, that. no. You're yeah. no, but this makes, of course, much more sense. Because that's why he wasn't... Because ex- I was like, why would you order the food? Uh, one, it, I guess it doesn't make sense that that would deliver to him, of course. That mm. Obviously. So that was a silly thing for him to ask. And then, yeah. Oh, no, you're totally right. I'm an idiot. I mean, it's a weird angle. He's like laying on the ground. but Yeah, yeah. And it's dark. It's, yeah. No, you're totally right. Jeez. What a fool I am. But that makes a lot more sense. And he wasn't expecting him. Because mm-hmm. he was like surprising him, basically. Yeah, yeah. Damn, shot his own kid. That's wild. Yeah, right. Do you think he? So he shot more than once, didn't he? Shot him twice in the arm. Do you think he actually hit him both times? I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, I uh, I think he at least hit him once. I don't know about twice. It, I could go either way. Mm-hmm. I think he could, but I could see if he couldn't. Because I don't think his son is gonna die. I guess that's what I was getting at. Yeah, we de- we see like, very visibly he's been hit in the arm. But you don't die from. You can't. I mean, you can, but like it's it's a wound that he could recover from. Absolutely, like, 
I'm like, you, you, it, there's long enough amount of time that he could be like, fine. Because then he'll just like kick the door a bunch and like get his dad to find him and be like, holy shit, I just shot my kid. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever he has to do. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think, I mean, it's probably sounds to be mad that he shot him, but like, I don't know, man. Announce yourself. <laughs> don't just pull up on your dad who's being hunted by maybe a murderer. Maybe he did, though. He was asleep, remember? Oh, yeah, that's true. He was. Also, what's the deal with that gun? Why does yeah, he still have apart. that? <laughs> I thought it was like a prop that doesn't actually work. Well, they said that, but then he's used it several times. It's a gun that really works. So Yeah, and if, and it fell apart the, at the beginning of season three when he tried to threaten Barry. Also, why does he have a gun? It's very hard to get pistols in California. You can't just be given oh, yeah. like, oh, it was from this actor. You know what that is, Jack. That's your classic Hollywood liberals not actually understanding gun laws. <laughs> Yeah, everybody can just willy nilly get a gun. They they watch too much MSNBC. They think you just walk into your local Walmart and walk out with a gun. Okay, well you can do that in most states, but not California. <laughs> not California. I wish you could. If only, if only. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's wild. We'll see how that plays out for the guy. Oh yeah, praise to my man. Hope he hope he pulls through. So then we also got. Cristobal and Hank, and they're having a time oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, so they they can run the operation like they're like, oh, all the guys are here. We'll give them a little bit of a party to celebrate the operation going so well. So they're doing that. They're like, oh, it's going great. And then they're like, let's go see the sand. So they go and see the sand. And at one point, they're like, oh, you can walk over the sand. This this is great. You know, we're having so much fun. He's like, Cristobal, why don't you come outside? There's another thing we have to do. And then he doesn't. He like stays behind for somewhere. And then all of a sudden. Something happens, and all of them sink below the sand. Yeah. And Chris Ball is almost killed. Uh, and then Hank digs them out, and it's revealed that Hank sold them all out to the Bolivian, uh, the Chechens, his old Chechen family. They're like, now we run the sand. Thanks, Hank. You're great. And Chris Ball, you can stick around. That's fine. We, we're you're cool. You're cool with Hank. What's fine? We'll, we understand. But uh, Chris Ball is pretty shaken, shaken up by this, um, reasonably so, because they killed the people they were working with kind of betrayed him, went behind his back. And the whole point with this was Cristobal was trying to go legitimate. Like they weren't going to be a mob group. They were just going to sell sand like up in the light above the surface and just do regular legal sand dealing because it sands not illegal. And uh, he was was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm hard now. I'm cool. And Cristobal leaves him, but doesn't get very far uh, and is killed by the Chechens because they don't want him telling anybody. So yeah, pretty intense. I did not oh, expect. Wow. I was like, oh, yeah, I yeah. did not expect them to just fucking kill him. So, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just whew, killing off. I was like, oh, I liked Cristobal too. I thought, I, but I guess everybody's getting awful. Like, no one can just leave it yeah, alone. Again, everything's just going crazy. Yeah. My thing is though, I I do gotta say, I kind of am slightly on Hank's side, just in the sense yeah. that like, what is Cristobal so surprised about? They are literally mobsters. Am I like? Yeah, no, that's true. I agree. And he's like, "Oh, you killed those guys. You're a psychopath. What the fuck? You guys are all both organized criminals. That's how you met. You guys were at war with each other. Yeah, <laughs> doing your I think, crimes. I don't know. Yeah, but I think Cristobal's like the Hank, where he's like, "Well, I don't actually do any of that, and I'm I don't actually like it that much. And maybe because he's like, "Well, Hank doesn't do that. We're different than them. I think like the betrayal maybe, maybe. is what gets him. Hank did that thing where he sent them a bullet." And then shot him at the same time or whatever. Like, oh yeah, that's true. He wasn't gonna do that. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of weird. But I mean, whatever. Yeah, you just needed a reason for them to have their falling out, falling out clearly. 
So um, God knows what Hank's gonna get up to now. Yeah, I mean Hank's kind of like turning. He could get pretty dark, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you think they're still going to do the sand? I thought the implication was that he's like, we're just going to do crime again. We're just going to do drugs and make the normal. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think like they're going to maybe do the sand as like um, like a shell corporation. Yeah. Like, oh, we do sand, but they're just doing the heroin. What did you think of the LAPD rolling up to the Dave and Buster? Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> just running there. Just yeah. classic LAPD fashion. Just wailing on people for no reason. Yeah. Just tackling. <laughs> Stop resisting! <laughs> Classic stuff. Just getting the hideout. That's just a Dave and Buster's because they're criminally incompetent. Just, uh, just comically buffoonish. Yeah. Uh, Jim Moss is like tracking them to find Berkman. He wants to get him first because he can't leave well enough because he's kind of upset, crazily obsessed. Yeah, he's he is upset. Oh yeah, he is that part where the cop guy is like, "Hey, don't kill Barry if you see him," and he's like, "I can't promise that." It's like you're crazy. Yeah, that's you can't. And only he can, only because he's so scary and mean, can he get away with that saying that to another cop? Yeah, right. like they're all scared of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of uh, Fuchs? What he's up to? Oh, right, Fuchs. I forgot about Fuchs. Um, I think it's funny that he's getting beat up for something that he actually doesn't know anything. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah, like they think, like, why is he not giving him up? I he really wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't know where he is. I promise, and he's getting a lot of respect, especially from the two guys. He was like. Making fun of and giving nicknames or kind of harassing, they're like, actually, that's what I gotta respect them. Yeah, like when he walks in, they'll stop eating and wait for him to start eating before they continue. And Duke is like, well, he's really, he's really falling upward here, yeah. feeling his way to the top. Um, hopefully he doesn't do like. Hopefully we have no more scenes of him being like Barry. I actually love you, but actually I hate you. We're probably gonna get a couple more of those <laughs> to end us. Likely, out. wouldn't surprise me. Like, yeah, I mean, it is Barry. I mean, this is the show we're watching. Yeah. Uh, and then, f- is that everybody? I think that about covers it. All right. And then finally, with Sally, to wrap it up, we see Barry. Barry's waiting in the darkness for her in her house. Um, and he pops out. And he's like, Sally, just let me stay here. I just want to stay for a little bit and I'll go or whatever. And she's like, no, we're going to leave right now. He's like, oh, really? And they get in the yeah. car and they, uh, she drives away. And then we get a cut, like a forward in time, of just this little kid beating on this other little kid in the desert. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like... He beat me up. We we're fighting. I said he was. He still called me weird because he's never heard of Call of Duty. And they're fighting. And then he goes back home. And he's like, turns out that his parents are Sally and Barry. And he's like, oh, I'll go talk to him. And the episode ends. Um, another, I think clearly it's just in his mind because it's the same kind of weird fractured ground desert that you see when he has like inner thoughts. And obviously his son is like twelve or so. So it's like, what is a decade pass and nobody's caught him? Yeah. Well, see, I thought it was. I thought it was weird because at first I thought it was a flashback because we saw some of those scenes where he's in that same kind of setting, right? Oh, yeah. I thought it was a flashback, too. This Midwest thing Mm -hmm. when he, like, met Fuchs for the first time and stuff. And, yeah, I think that was probably intentional. But then it's like, no, he's not. He's a this is a this is this bizarre fantasy that Barry's constructed for, like, a couple seasons now, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like in the future and he's just going to have a normal life. No, I guess since the very first season, right? I think so, yeah. I think it was like right away he was having weird things like, ah, clearly me and Sally are going to get together and have kids. And it's like, Jesus, yeah, yeah. man. So it's that, I guess. And uh, I, I think it's really interesting that even in his fantasy, his son is like troubled. <laughs> like, yeah, beating up people. Wild. So I don't know what to think about that. And their fridge just has beer and wine in it. <laughs> like, and are they, they just poor? Half-eaten donut for some reason? Yeah. Well, well, I was going to say... Donut. 
I was just going to say, are they like alcoholics vaguely or like what's going on? Like they're just Sally doesn't seem to be having a great time. No, she's pretty sad. So it's like that's weird that even in his fantasy, it's things are not going well. <laughs> he, even even in the be- even in a place where he can do whatever he wants, he's like, I think this is the best I can think of. Just a right. failing marriage and a troubled youth. Exactly. So that's, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, for Again, sure. I'm, I'm surprised by how dense this first half has been, but I guess it makes sense. You know, we got to finish up the whole thing. We're already halfway through now, so. Oh yeah. Let's see where it all ends up. Oh, and I'm probably death, probably death for him. But I'm wondering how this episode. If we'll get, do you think we'll get more of this like fantasy world? Start next episode, and then it'll be revealed that no, probably, like, probably not the start. Maybe though, I don't know. Like we're gonna follow up on that and see what Barry went to say to his son. Yeah, yeah. could be. Be, could be interesting. Could be interesting yeah. to do a lot of it. Oh yeah, do a whole sure. episode just in the weird fantasy world. That'd <laughs> be certainly a way to use the last season of your eight half an hour episodes. I'd respect the the uh, gall of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> the gumption. What do you think? Like, does Sally actually just want to like run away with him or something? You think? Um. Well, she says she feels safe with him. Yeah, but I don't know. I think she I mean, thinks she's really she that unhappy with <laughs> what she's got cooking over there that she's like, fuck it. Starting over. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think she just doesn't. I mean, that's probably a theme. That she doesn't know how to like handle any kind of adversity and like power through it. Because mm-hmm. like, I think she's only likes Barry because he idolizes her, like Kusino says. Yeah. But like, I feel like if at long enough, she'll get used to it and then become sick of it and resent it. Could be. Could be. I don't know, man. Everyone in the show is just kind of the worst. <laughs> We're talking about the worst person ever. I I realized last week I was like, you know. Uh, Hank is maybe the best guy in the show. He's not so bad. <laughs> and then he just becomes the worst. <laughs> just does some horrific things in this one. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, you know, even though he's a mobster, he's actually not so bad. But he he's, he lived up to that this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. He does some real mobster stuff. So Absolutely. I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> not a not the biggest fan of Hank at the moment. No, not at all. You got anything else for Barry? No, I think no, I don't think so. I think we covered it. Uh, so we can probably Ecotech out Return of the Jedi last. That's right, Jack. Perfect. So good old May Fourth celebration this week. It's re- really it's like a week long festivity is what it comes down to. Mm. Some some might say even longer, Jack. You know, in a lot of ways, it's become the unofficial Star Wars month. Oh yeah, because you know? Return New Hope was released in May in 1977 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on my birthday. Wow! Wow! It's when Obi Wan came out last year as well. Oh yeah, so we have we have fun. Yeah, we have fun here. <laughs> and um, you know, I saw someone on Twitter say we should start. We should have a thing for that because there's like re- there's um, may the fourth be with you, right? And Revenge of the right. Fifth or Sixth, whichever one. I don't know which one do you think works better. Revenge of the Fifth. I think the Fifth. Well, also because they're right next to each other. Yeah, and the and it's four and five. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair though, Sixth is a very similar word to Sith with the x in there right that's true i always think fifth because of the th and six no they're both jack i think there's an argument to be made for both of them i think so i think they both end in th which is really the <laughs> crux of this yeah yeah and an i you know and an i they have most of the same letters that's what i'm saying is what that's what it comes down to <laughs> but anyways uh people are saying we should call it this is the may Ooh, that's good i like that and that good but uh, wait i don't like the mandalorian anymore so oh well <laughs> You, you, well, at least you're consistent, Jack. Yeah, so you really I called it a grudge. It was bad, man. I don't know it's if I'll carry ever... that for a while. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, 
Hey, no, I respect that, Jack. <laughs> but we're going to, um, let's see. Oh, I said that to my boss at work the other day. Runge the fifth. Well, so we're talking, well, my one, I got a couple bosses, but the, so the one I was like, Hey, it's, it's revenge of the fifth, you know? And he was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, Zach, I don't know. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Good scene. And then my other boss is actually into star Wars and we were chatting about it. So then the other day it was like yesterday, I was like, yeah, you know, some people are saying it's the whole month. It's not just one day. We should call it. This is the May. And it was at the end of the day after I clocked off anyway. So I was getting ready to leave and I was, we were just shooting the shit and he was like, uh, door's right over there. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll see myself out. That's, that's all right. I think I've gone too far. <laughs> so good stuff. But yeah, anyways, all that was to say um, this month for, for a week, um, maybe, I don't know. Does it, I, I guess I didn't check. It might've, they might've lined it up to the week. Um, but basically this is this year for those who are unaware is the 40th anniversary of return of the Jedi. And they did a theatrical re-release as a result uh, to honor it. And uh, I went to go see it because Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cannot see Star Wars. And, um, you know, the thing is, is like there's relatively few Star Wars movies I've seen in theaters, right? Because mm -hmm. obviously I was not born in 80, 1983 and, and all that. So, you know, kind of a cool opportunity. And I really loved it. I mean, not that like that should be a surprise to anyone, but I just thought it was great. You know, I think what it comes down to for me is that I've seen most of these movies so many times, right? I would say most Star Wars movies I've seen somewhere in the vicinity of like 10 times, right? Yeah. Not actually like a million or whatever, right? But like probably at least 10 a piece, maybe more. I, I don't know who can who can keep track, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Who can know? Um, but the point is like they become kind of rote after a certain point, right? Like mm -hmm. I know what's going to happen in all these. And of course, that still was the case with this one it's not like anything surprised me in return of the jedi here but i think just the idea of like going to the movie theater having that whole experience sitting down and like giving it my real you know full undivided attention i think was uh you know something in and of itself yeah because so often nowadays i'll like i'll put on a star wars movie to do something else you know yeah I'll be a a game thing. i've done it before while editing the show like i'll just throw on a star wars movie in the background kind of thing mm-hmm Again, because you know everything, it's like it's rare that I really sit down and give it my full attention. So I thought it was it was really good. I had a great time with it. Oh, that's good. I knew love for it. Yeah, kind of. I was telling you, I was like actually laughing at the jokes and stuff. It was a lot of fun. It's a really good movie. I think. How do you think personally, Jack? Off um, the here off the rip. Well, I where does it rate for all the prequels or originals? Let's say originals. Because a lot of people will say it's the least of them. I'm going to say it's the second. Ooh, that's bold, Jack. You're putting a new hope at the bottom, huh? Absolutely. I've always found it a little boring. No, shut up. When I was a I prefaced that when I was a child. I haven't watched that movie in a decade plus now. Any I definitely movies. can have tend to have recency bias with um, Star Wars movies and that I'll just like watch one and be like, oh, maybe this is the best one. <laughs> um you know, I've said before, like, I can't really, I'm not very objective on any of them. And I, I love them all. So yeah, well, your children. Really much like my children, but like a new hope is great. And there's been times where I'm like, maybe a new hope is my favorite, but I think usually I would come back to say empire is Yeah. Um, for a while. I thought Jedi kind of was. So it's just, like I said, I have no consistency really. Yeah. I th think a new hope is probably the, maybe the best one, or I would say it's definitely probably better. Right. Um, then, jedi in like certain aspects but i think maybe i like jedi more if that makes any sense yeah i can see that i can understand what you're saying jedi's got more going on 
in terms of like space battles and and Jedi stuff, right? There's no great lightsaber fights in the first one and all that. So, mm-hmm. but anyways, Jack, I took a bunch of notes of things that I thought were relevant to this movie. Okay, have become more relevant since then. You know, all right, ways, in ways that I think are interesting. So, first thing we open with Jabba's palace. Well, we open with the Death Star, but it's not important. So, Jabba's palace is great, right? And right. we've seen that played up in some stuff relatively recently, you know, your book of Boba Fett and whatnot. Oh, it don't remind me. Oh, blood, bloody hell. <laughs> uh, but there's like, it's just interesting that like so much of this stuff, you know, and it's been four years, so it makes sense, has become, you know, just part of the overall fabric of the Star Wars universe. But yeah, this was part of the lore. You know, even then it was new, right? Like there's so many new aliens that appear for the first time in this one that you wouldn't even necessarily realize, right? Mm-hmm. Your Nictos, your um, Weequays, your fucking, what are those ones called? Klaatuinians and stuff. Right. But even like Twi'leks, right? This is the first time we see Twi'leks, which are one of the most probably iconic Star Wars aliens at this point. Oh, yeah. They, they're all over the place. Even just Jabba, though. This is the first time we saw Jabba as, you know, big slug guy. Right, a big it's slug cool. monster man. It's interesting. I would love to know. Like, it'd be really cool to, to see these for the first time somehow. I don't know. Like... I don't know. I wouldn't want to like remove my knowledge of Star Wars because <laughs> if you did that, I don't even know what I would be. <laughs> yeah, what, what would you have? You'd have, I think, nothing. But <laughs> it would be fascinating to somehow do as like an experiment. Yeah, it'd be like, all right, what, what would my reaction be truly like when you were a kid when yeah. you first saw it? Because I never remember not knowing that Jabba the Hutt was a big lizard, right? Yeah, a big, big slug monster. But can you imagine like there had to be some people who. When they saw Return of the Jedi, I didn't know Jabba the Hutt was going to be a big slug. And they just thought he was like a dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because he was a dude in the first one, you know? He's that that like little guy in the black suit, right? Yeah. So uh, it's just stuff like that's really interesting. But uh, we see Jabba. Like I said, we got Twi'leks. We got the Rancor for the first time. Lots of fun stuff. I think Jabba's, Jabba's Palace is a great location. And it's like, you know, it's like the, the cantina in the first one, right? It's that yeah. stuff as, at its best of just like, let's just make a bunch of weird fucking aliens, put them on screen. Uh, do whatever. I'm all, I'm all here for it. Um, okay. I guess the main guys, let's, let's run down our main guys. I think everyone does good in this one. Harrison Ford didn't really want to be there, but I think he does good <laughs> anyways. He never wants to be anywhere. That's the thing, isn't it? And he always turns in a good performance usually anyways. So he's very funny in this one. He's a, maybe a bit goofy almost. I see. Yeah. I think you could argue he's doing lots of faces in this one of just like oh wow geez like just just kind of like i said almost verging on goofy at times very expressive (laughs) but he does good um carrie fisher's obviously great as leia mark hamill's turning in a very different luke than in the last ones right you know he really is like living up to like i'm a jedi now and i'm all stoic and wise and that's always great i love his intro in this one where he's like hey jabba give me my friends man or things might go poorly for you. Yeah. Because I'm a fucking Jedi now, and they're all like, oh, ha, ha, you, you're a Jedi, as if. But he is, Jack. He is a Jedi. He's always a Jedi. Because the Jedi have returned. <gasps> They've returned. But wait, what's um, what's the uh, what's the new title? You know when they re- rearrange all those titles of the movies? What was the one they gave Return of the Jedi that wasn't oh, Return of the Jedi? I don't remember. <laughs> the ri- I, Oh, you know what? I think it was it The Rise, was of, the Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker. Sure, yeah. Dumb. It's called the... It doesn't really work. Well, it's a great title. I Actually, that was something I was going to mention. You know, it was originally not titled that, right? It was the Revenge of the Jedi. And while I think that's, I think that's dumb, um, because 
for the reason they changed it, which is that Jedi don't take revenge. Yeah. That should have seemed so obvious. I don't it's so weird to me that it made it as far as it was. Which George yeah, was just like, huh, maybe don't call it that. Yeah, it's the point where like um Mark Hamill and Carrie are talking about it on like talk shows and shit. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. There's like merch that exists. There's real official merch that got made, like posters and t shirts and shit, like going out to the fan clubs being like, guys, get excited for Revenge of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole thing. It's part of the collector's, you know, sphere for that era is that there's like Revenge of the Jedi stuff. There's also stuff out there where his lightsaber's blue because it was Ooh. initially gonna be blue again. Right. But they changed it because of the Jawa's Palace. Yeah, the the sail barge sequence because it's a lot of it is against open sky and apparently the lightsaber kind of got lost. So they're like, "Fuck, I guess we'll make it green," <laughs> which I think is great. I would have, I can't imagine how the world would be different, Jack, if his lightsaber was just blue again. If we I didn't get a Luke, green one until Luke with green minutes. lightsaber, best Luke. I'm gonna be honest. He's great, man. I mean, and like, we're not big like Last Jedi haters around here. Um, I didn't cream myself over the Mandalorian sequence or or whatever, but I mean, pretty cool. Yeah, good stuff. There's something to be said for a Luke who's like just powerful, powerful and tearing it up. You know, it's not it's not everything. It's not the end all be all, but it's cool. I can appreciate it. God's place. I also think that there's something to be said, though, for the idea that Luke isn't maybe the ideal version of himself in this movie either. Right. Of course. And that we see him kind of skirting with the dark side. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the way he deals with all the guys in Jabba's palace here is he's just hacking dudes apart. Yeah, he's just I mean, not really because they don't. Stuff. They're not. They're not really doing dismemberment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, he's he's force choking the guards, right? Like kind of kind of iffy stuff, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down the special edition. Do you know? Are you aware of the special edition changes? Yeah, you put. It's that whole Max Rebo and his band. The music null number. Max music Rebo. Number. I forgot to write down Max Rebo, but he's in here. The boy. Awesome. Colin saw this one with me too, and he was like, he like nudged me when Max Rebo showed up. He's like, there he is, the boy. And I was like, the boy. He's back, he's back. He lives. Um, but they added, yeah, that whole musical sequence. I don't find it offensive. Some people despise it. I don't know. It's kind of goofy. The CGI is a bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit, I think it's a bit much. That's fair. From me remembering it. Boba Fett goes down like a chump. Like he deserves, he's a chump. Because he's kind of a chump. And I won't hear anything of otherwise. Yeah. He's not going to kill your bullies, guys. No, he's a chump. Leia kills Jabba. Classic stuff. Great catharsis. Slave Leia outfit. And all the little boys, all the kids creaming their pants. Oh, jeez, Jack. Steady on. Steady on. Don't talk about kids creaming their pants. We're not kids. That's what you said. That's what you said. I'll cut that out. I'll cut this all out. (laughs) Cut this all. I'll cut it all out. Destroy it. Uh, But that's great. Choking a big slug man. You gotta love it. He's he's horrible. (laughs) He's a horrible monster. Oh yeah, I like that. Even I see, yeah, people like get all kind of have all kind of takes about the slave Leia thing. But my thing is like in this movie, it all has a complete. I feel like it's completely like yeah, I don't she's, know, she's off. and then she's she like rescues herself. She kills yeah. job. I don't know. It all works. Like I, I feel like it's all in the movie. It's not like it's clear what side the film comes down on, which is like her being demeaned in that way isn't cool, and that's why she's able to get revenge and take her agency back and kill him. I don't know. Like it all kind of works. <laughs> yeah, it's all within yeah, but, the movie. There's no, you don't have to like really think too hard about it. Even yeah, but. it's not like it's not like in like a book where later they're like, oh, actually, she did this whole time. Actually, she helped out. Yeah, exactly. Full, so like, I don't feel like it should be that controversial, but <clears throat> whatever. <laughs> um, so we got Luke going back to the, visit the guys. Talks to Yoda. Um, I think this stuff's great. It's really interesting because of like 
there's so many retcons in this movie basically right <laughs> yeah uh which we just take for granted now but at the time i feel like there would have been like wait a minute what are we doing here george yeah what's going on i just think that's interesting you know leia was his sister all along darth vader was his dad all along neither of which is the case <laughs> um i think those are all interesting you know we get the classic obi-wan line that's that's now very iconic right you know what you said was true what he said was true from a certain point of view, which is just the yeah. biggest cop out you've ever heard in your life. Just like, well, I, I just said in a fun, silly way. I did it in a little goofy way. I was just in a silly, goofy mood, Luke. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Your dad was Darth Vader, but he did kill Darth Vader. Technically. Technically. He, he <laughs> something. The, the man that was your father ceased to exist and Darth yeah. Vader's now machine. So I was kind of right. It's like uh, a bit of a cop out, Ben. <laughs> ben, come on, man. You could have just. I'm being like, hey man, I was old. I've been in the desert for a while. Forgive me. <laughs> so, but I think there's valid reasons for why he wouldn't have told him right away. I mean, what do you do in that scenario? Be like, yeah. hey kid, come with me to Aldron. Also, your dad is Hitler. Just so you know, little side note, he's Hitler. No, you're your dad's space wizard Hitler. Are you okay with that? Okay, okay with that? Oh, you're going. Oh, jeez. Nope. No, come back. Fuck. <sighs> I really botched this one. Really, really biffed it here, Ben. Damn it. <laughs> so I think it's okay. Um, I also like a big thing of this movie, and I think people forget Jedi are fallible, Jack. They're really fallible. <laughs> what? Yo, they're 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 perfect heroes. They can't be. In this movie, both Obi Wan and Yoda tell him he has to kill Darth Vader. Right? Mm. Yoda's like, the last thing you have to do to really be a Jedi is confront Lord Vader. And then Obi Wan's like, you gotta kill him. And Luke's like, what if I don't want to kill him? And he's like, then the Emperor already won. That's literally what he tells him. And mm. I, I just, I don't know if you forget, like Obi-Wan and Yoda are great characters. They're mostly right, but they aren't infallible. And that's okay. Cause no one is, no one should be characters. Aren't like that. Oh yeah. And Luke proves them wrong, but like, that's cool. He does it himself. He like finds a different path. Yeah. He, he saves him. He's, he's freed from his, uh, destiny. Yeah. We get my introduction of Mon Mothma. Who's obviously gone on to be massive character. Oh yeah. I didn't really mention it from the Ahsoka trailer because I didn't really consider the full implication of that. But you know what's interesting about that is that now um, Genevieve O'Reilly has played her in the prequel era, right? Because she's right. those deleted scenes from Return of the Jedi, or Revenge of the Sith, sorry. Um, and obviously, you know, Rogue One and or Rebels, right? All kind of the same era. But now, because she's in Ahsoka, she's overtaken the original depiction of Mon Mothma. Oh, so she's not just like young Mon Mothma anymore, right? Like, she's just Mon Mothma. She's just Mon Mothma, which is kind of interesting. I didn't really think that. If you watch Star Wars completely in chronological order, to be like, well, why did they change the actress for this one thing? In the why? middle here. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Weird choice, but okay. Uh, we got Akbar. We got Nyan Yum. Oh, the favorite. Classic fan favorite characters who really do nothing in this movie and people need to calm down about, I think. Yeah. Way too much lip service given to the, like i can't believe they didn't use Num enough in the force Awakens. i can't believe they killed akbar everyone's favorite character listen here's the thing jack yeah i don't think he's much of a character he just says the one line our, our well he says it's a trap and he says our shields can't repel fire of that magnitude that's all he says that's all he's got and that's most of what he does yeah yeah there's one meme line that everybody knows he's not really anything no, not at it's all. It's okay that they didn't make great use of him. He's not a, like a great, didn't make great Here's the thing. Didn't make great use of him the first time around. He's so. just, he's not a great character. He's just an old character. <laughs> That's, I'm, and I'm going to, you know, I'll die on that hill. That's, hey, I'll be right there with you. 
Um, I wrote down Emperor Guards here because I think it's interesting that they do nothing this whole movie. And I feel like nowadays people would get pissed about that. Oh, they'd be like, they're saying it. They didn't even use them properly. What the hell, Kathleen Kennedy? Right? Am I wrong? No, no, you're right. I, I, I agree. They'd be like, oh my God, there's this cool market. They put them in the marketing and they got this cool appearance and they didn't even use it. What a waste of opportunity. They'd love talking about how like everything's wasted potential and everything. Oh, completely underused. So I thought that was funny. Um, I wrote down the Endor bikers here. First time we see the biker scouts and the speeder bikes. Classic that's stuff a, at this point. That's a classic stuff. And you can't go wrong. You see them everywhere now. Oh, yeah. Ewoks, Jack. How do you feel about the Ewoks? I never had strong opinions about the Ewoks because I was a child when I saw this movie. Uh-huh. So I was never like, oh, my God, they're ruining Star Wars or right. whatever. So you just had a normal I, about it? You were just kind of normal? Yeah. Just normal like, human just, like, who cares? They're just Ewoks. Yeah. Like a normal human might. Yeah. Like a normal a human, human might. A reasonable person. Me too, Jack. I kind of like the Ewoks, though. I've always been a fan. I like what they represent, you know? They're like the, the rebels. They're like the Viet Cong. They're like the Viet Cong. They're like the Americans in the revolution. You know, take your pick. Yeah. Cubans, maybe. Who knows? You get it. Yeah, I get it. They're I doing a revolution, that. man. And yeah, I like fighting them. fighting back against a, a, a tyranny. Yeah. I love them. Also, they're not as dumb as everyone says. I realize this watching this, this again. They have, they like understand flight. Do you remember this? They have little gliders that are like. Oh, effective. yeah, they do have the gliders. Yeah. They understand flight. That's pretty good. They have all those traps they set up, like big logs and big swinging logs and the and rocks, like, the big falling rocks. They also have catapults. That's pretty impressive. That's like. No tri- but any trebuchets? No trebuchets, unfortunately. Well, how smart can they be? Yeah, but like, that's still impressive, engineering wise. Yeah, it is. They're doing all right. They wear clothes. I mean, they have those little tree houses. They, they, they have religion. Pretty, they have religion. They have a pretty advanced society, I think. And good on them. God and bless they're, them. And they, the reason they win, you know? Yeah, without them, they couldn't. And that's the that's why the, the emperor loses, you know? His overconfidence is his undoing. Yeah. Just as, just as Luke did. predicted. So I'm a big fan. Got no problem with them. I don't care if they're little teddy bear guys. That just, that just you know, I feel like underscores the whole thing in particular, right? Like, look at these yeah. little guys. They don't, see, don't seem very strong. Can do so much. Yeah, man. I think that's cool. Yeah, I think that's good. Something, something. You know, all creatures, great and small. Uh, all with, when God sings with His creation, will Ewoks not being in the choir? They will. They will. I think so. So good for them. Um, I like the part where C three PO tells the whole trilogy. The whole trilogy of Star Wars is a big story. Oh yeah, you that's remember fun. this? And the I Ewoks are enraptured, right? Because like, in Episode four, he says, I'm not very good at telling stories. And then we see this, and he's just incredible. He's telling the whole story. He's got sound effects. They're losing their minds. They're like, this like, is the best the thing I've ever seen. Thing. I thought I could see this, like, in person. So that's just a fun bit, you know? C-3PO is mostly the butt of the joke. But I like in that one that he's like, they're like, hey, C-3PO's got stuff going on, too. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. It's good for him. Good for him. That's what I say. Um, okay. What do you think about Luke and Leia being sisters? Do you have a strong opinion about that? Or siblings, no, I, whatever. I've actually I have no opinion. I I truly don't care. I don't know why anyone would. People have this thing of like, contra- that like he's contradicting himself somehow because in this one, Leia says she remembers her parents or her, her mother, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how does she remember her mother if she was born, right? And then they got separated. George Lucas like retconned himself in the prequels. I disagree because like the Force, basically. I don't know. I think she just remembers because of the Force, you know? Yeah. Because in this movie, they say they're twins. There's no implication that, like, Leia is actually older. They are twins. That's straight up said. It's also straight up said in this one 
that they were removed, they were separated at birth. Yeah. Obi-Wan says, we separated you when you were born so that the Emperor couldn't find you. So, I, you know, I think it's just implying that, like, somehow she knows, even though she shouldn't, because of the Force. Yeah. And that's fine. First time the Force is a weird power. I do think there's a bit of, like, contrived drama that happens in this movie when Leia just doesn't tell Han. And yeah. She's, she's like, like, oh, and- yeah, there's this implication that there's, like, a love triangle thing going on where Han's like, wait, do you actually like him? What's going on here? What the heck? Come on. And then you get that big face from Harris Ford at the end when she tells him. Yeah. And he's just like, you You're telling me? So that's good. We got our classic loot Vader fight. Really good stuff here. Um, this is like the, the real meat and potatoes to me, like Jedi stuff, right? Oh, yeah. The, the quintessential moment to be like, I'm a Jedi. I'm a hero. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, you'll get strike me down. Become evil. Baby, baby. I'd be more powerful than you could even comprehend. And if you recall, Jack, if you could even imagine this. Actually, Jack, hold on. I'm backtracking. I'm scratching everything I've said. I've just realized this is horrible. Okay. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Because in it, they make Luke into like a Luke. They like ruin Luke's character. What do they do? He gives in to anger, Jack. And Luke would never. My Luke would never give in to anger for even a second. So the fact they did it, it's like they ruined his character is what happened, I think. I'm so angry. Why would he do that? Oh, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. I know he wouldn't. It would never hurt his dad. That's not a thing that Luke Skywalker that I know would ever do. So actually, scratch it all. It's horrible. It's horrible. And I hate it. Now, Jack, see what I've done here? I'm being a little ironic. No. Because what happens is people say that about The Last Jedi. They're like, why did Luke do that? He's the worst. They ruined my Luke, right? Right. But that's dumb because heroes are allowed to fail. Yeah, that's the whole point. And the movie he does in this. He, he, at one point, does briefly give into his anger and almost kills his dad. He cuts his hand off, remember? Yeah. But then he's like, you know what? I'm not gonna. And that's the important part. And in The Last Jedi, he almost kills Ben. But then he's like, shit, I shouldn't do that. And then he doesn't. And, like, I don't know. That, to me, is very much, you know, gels with what I think Jedi are and should be. Right? Absolutely. There's a there's one of the canon novels is about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's got a quote or something to that like you don't just turn away from the dark once and then that's it. It's like you know, it's the work of an entire lifetime. Yeah, you got to keep fighting against it. And that's everything and anything, right? I mean, that's real mm-hmm. life. It's like you don't get to have a victory once and then you never worry about anything again. You know, you always got to make the conscious decisions to be better. Yeah. And that's okay, I think. If you fall, you just got to get back up. That's right. That's the important thing, man. You know? Journey before destination again. Strength before it. weakness. I get shit. it. And he redeems Vader. And Vader saves him at the end. How do you feel about the inclusion of the no? The no. So in the original theatrical cut, when Palpatine's like electrocuting Luke, Vader just silently picks up Palpatine and chucks him in, right? Yeah. And in the special editions, I think. See, it's tough. I, I lose track because there's like five of editions of this movie. Right. Um, right. Because there's theatrical ones and like then there was the special editions but then there was like the dvd version or there's like the 2005 re-release i think mm-hmm. and then there was the dvd versions which all of which are slightly different of course they have to be yeah yeah so but at one point he added in Darth Vader saying no and then he picks him up and checks him right and people think it's a bit it's a bit on the nose it's yeah, perhaps I, unnecessary i can see that it seems a bit on the nose because I think the initial version is pretty good where he has like the silent contemplation and, you know, even though you don't see any act, you know, facial 
facial acting because it's all behind the mask. Mm. I think you get the get the idea, and it's kind of cool. But whatever. What again, dude? George Lucas knows best. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, and he redeems him. It's good stuff, man. Oh yeah, victory. Um. So then the the discourse I was going to tell you about because if you can believe it, Jack, there was discourse about this movie this this uh, week or the past couple weeks. This this forty year old film. <laughs> no, no. There's a couple pieces of discourse. All right. So one of them is the is the ending here. So I guess you wouldn't be aware of this either, but in the initial version, um, the ending has a song plays a song that is like colloquially known as Yub Nub. Are you aware of Yub Nub? I don't think so. No, you don't know Yub Nub. Not, not that I can recall. It's just like a fun Ewok song. Okay. Yeah. Let me see. I'll play it a little bit. I'll play a little bit into the mic. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. How does it sound? Is it terrible? Uh, it's fine to me, but it'll probably sound terrible in the end. <laughs> right. You get it? You get the idea. They're just having a great time, okay? Yeah, yeah. And in the special editions, they changed it, I believe in the special editions, to um, a song that's just called Celebration. Mm-hmm. Victory Celebration, which is a bit more, a little bit more Low key, I would say. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see, I'll get you a little bit of this. You get it, all right? So it's like that. Yeah. What do you feel? You feel strongly in one way or the other? Not at all. Not even a little bit. A lot of people say it's a bit of a downgrade. I think they're putting too much in. I think they need to go do other things. You think? <laughs> I think they could just. I think that time is better well spent doing anything else with their lives. Really? Man, I think so. I like. I kind of like it. I like Yub Mub. I kind of miss it. But I mean, here's the thing: you still have Yubnub if you want it. So yeah, you can. There's always Yubnub. There's always Yubnub. Um, yeah, I think people make the argument that, like, as like a when you take it in the larger context, as like the end of like the saga, kind of, even though it wasn't, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. didn't end up being. But that feels like a more, you know, yeah, like a more serious, perhaps more more gravity to it. Um, the other thing is that they added in scenes of the other planets celebrating, right? I don't mm. know if you remember this, but you see like um, Naboo, Coruscant, some other place. I don't remember. Oh, Cloud City, um, celebrating the defeat of the Emperor Empire, right? Yeah. And people think that those, you know, in the context of all that, it makes sense to have a more like a less Ewok focused song, I guess, to uh, right. to tie it all together. And I think that's fine. I also know that some people though have complaints about the canon canonicity of that. Mm-hmm. Because Naboo and Coruscant were more or less like imperial holdouts, so they did they would be celebrating immediately. Like fuck the emperor, <laughs> seems a little bit premature, but yeah, that's fine. Unless you're a big dumb nerd like me, you wouldn't know. I was gonna know the yeah, other Jack, big dumb nerds. Hmm? The other discourse causing change is at the very end. You probably are aware of this one, right? So, you know, in the initial cut, when Anakin's Force Ghost appears, it is of course not. Hayden Christensen, correct? Right. But they changed it to be Hayden Christensen. How do you feel about that? Um, maybe a little weird. Cause why would he turn to his young self when Owen Kenobi doesn't? But mm-hmm. not anything that I would go to Twitter about. That's for sure. Right. I think there's some arguments to be made. I think potentially you could say it's because that was the last time he was a Jedi, right? So he's yeah. appearing as his Jedi self, whereas okay, that makes sense. Obi Wan is appearing as his Jedi self as well, but you know. He was a Jedi to the end. Yeah. I think that's a good argument to be made. I need down with that. You know, whereas he didn't appear as an old man as a Jedi. So when like you have the, the original guy just show up and he's in Jedi robes, it doesn't really, you know, connect to anything. Mm-hmm. 
other than just like, I guess that's what he would look like. I, I see it both ways. I don't see yeah. anything wrong with being an older guy. Like I've said that before, you know, I don't know why your, your heroes can't be old. Like, yeah, he lived to be an old guy and he was redeemed as an older guy. Why can't he just be himself? Why does he have to be like, look, I'm young again, but I don't really care much either way either. <laughs> can't yeah. say I feel super strongly. Yeah, I think all. for, again, with the context of the prequels, it kind of makes sense because does like, would you recognize him otherwise? I think there's maybe a danger of that. Yeah. Being like, wait, who's that guy? I mean, you would get it. I feel like through context, but mm-hmm. If you would watch the whole trilogy or the whole saga and you like watch the prequels and you knew Hayden Christensen and all, you'd be like, look, he's back. Like, I think that would be kind of cool too. So right. I can see both sides of it. And again, the idea that he's like going back to his, his, you know, sort of idealized self is nice. So yeah, good stuff, Jack. Overall, incredible film. One of film. the best that they've ever made. I would say at least in the top 11, top 11 star Wars movies. Yes. I meant films of all time, but that's fine. All time? <laughs> One of the best, Jack. Out of all the time. There's been Name a lot. Five no. movies better than Return of the Jedi. I'll wait. Django Unchained. Mm, it's pretty good. Um, the Departed. Well, that's a really good movie as well. But... Um, Schindler's List. <laughs> kind of a downer, I'd say, but. <laughs> okay. Uh, what am I, was that three? Um, let me think. Wow, the, the Godfather. Not right. I'm trying to think of other contemporaries of Lucas. Oh, The Shining. Mm. Eyes Wide Shut. Pick a Kubrick movie. The one he did only with candles. The Shining's probably his finest work. Yeah. Don't tell Stephen King that. Bloody. <laughs> that or 20, 2001. Oh, right. 2001. Venom 2. <laughs> All right. I got to stop you there. All right. Bye. Overall, though, great time. Great time to watch it. I was happy to do it. I watched, It was May the 3rd, but that's fine. It was all in celebration of the holiday, and that's cool. Again, best time of year. The most oh, wonderful yeah. time of the year, you could say. You could, but would you? I have. Well, well, beat me there. See so all about done there? We can wrap it up here? I think so. Perfect. Well, I could take that into the end. As always, thanks so much for watching. So as you can find us, uh, wherever you can find your podcast to listen, you can contact us directly on, at Twitter at ActedTechJazz. That's J-A-Z. Uh, at architectjazz.gmail.com or on Instagram at the architect podcast. Our intro was done by a friend of the show, Celery Salt. You can always find him on Spotify and SoundCloud. And our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jiffer Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night and Godspeed.